You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. everybody and welcome to another episode of the film piece podcast i'm your host matt bledsoe uh this week we are talking about david cronenberg's crash from 1996 and to help me talk about it i am joined once again by one of my favorite people to talk movies with it's carmelita valdez mccoy carmelita how are you hello matt i'm good (laughs) how are you uh you know a little nervous a little scared (laughs) to talk about crash but i'm excited i'm so excited i'm so excited i can't even put it into words Truly. Oh, I'm this glad. Is yeah. The podcasting event of the year. Oh, I hope. I hope so. I meant. I told you until I might make more jokes than usual because I might be uncomfortable talking about Crash, even though I really like Crash. But yeah, okay. We should probably do this right up front in uh-huh. case, just in case, there's someone who has never seen this film or did see it but doesn't really remember much about it, which I find that hard to believe. <laughs> but just in case, uh-huh. we're, there are going to be some very frank discussions <laughs> about the sexual content of this film. Yeah. So anybody <laughs> who's uncomfortable about people talking about sex, like this might not be the episode for you. Should I leave then? Because that... <laughs> 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 I again was raised by pilgrims and we did it. It's not spoken of yeah. my house. The stork brought the babies, is what I was told. Uh, no, this the- is going to be therapeutic for you. <laughs> this is probably good that I was sheltered yeah. my whole life and now can really. <laughs> this is how you develop a car sex kink. I think is- <laughs> it's one of the other extremes. It's like you've done too much or you've done too little and you're yeah. crashing cars. To... Oh, <laughs> boy, this is going to be I, so much fun. This is going to be wild. I was going to make jokes in the intro, but I was like, I can't make jokes to start off the show. Like, I just can't make awkward <laughs> jokes about, you know, we'll get there. Plenty we'll get of there. time for that. Plenty of yeah. time for awkward jokes. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you said something, though, because I was like, do I put like a warning on this? It's not like a I don't think it's a trigger warning necessarily. No, no, no. But, no, it's, no. but... it's a very frank discussion. Of yes. This. So like if you've got this on at work. And it's not coming through your headphones. It's coming through the speakers. You might want to switch that. Um, if you're, <laughs> if someone's driving their kids to school and it's coming through the car stereo, you might want to s- save it for after you drop them off. Like, cause I can't, I don't, I yeah. have some ideas about where this conversation might go and just Those kids warned. might learn some stuff they're not ready for. I don't know. I don't <laughs> want to be responsible for all that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, but, and we're talking Cronenberg, which is exciting because yes. 
I don't think I've done an episode on a Cronenberg movie yet on this show. And I've had a weird like history with him. So we'll talk about that too. But, um, yeah. and of course, I, I, I mentioned this, but I'm sure you're ready. Our top three Cronenbergs. We'll always do our top three when it's me and you. We do. Top, okay. <laughs> we Mine's... do. I mean, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> okay. Before we get to Crash though, um, do you have anything you've seen lately you want to talk about? Yeah, I got a couple of things. So this first movie was on Tubi and then it got taken off Tubi before I got a chance to see it. And then it came back to Tubi. So I got to watch it. I want to shout out our friends, Dirk and Sarah Marshall and their guest on an episode of the VHS podcast. Anthony King was the guest from Cult Movies and they did an episode on Stormy Monday from 1988. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mike Figgis directed and written stars Sean Bean, Melanie Griffith, Tommy Lee Jones. And I had, I was like, I think I had heard of the title because of Mike Figgis, but I had never seen it. And they, when they put out that episode, I was like, ooh, this is something that's been on, you know, that I've, I've wanted to go deeper into Mike Figgis's filmography, perfect opportunity. I'll go and watch the movie before I listen to the episode. And then it was, it was like, I went to look for it and it was already gone. Oh, mm-hmm. So I'd been sitting on that podcast episode and I had just been like, every once in a while I would check back, like maybe just maybe hoping against hope it's streaming again. And it is. So everybody <laughs> jump on it go watch Stormy Monday. It's so much fun. It's like a jazz club and there's like this whole like crime element and it's just, it's really cool. I really enjoyed it. I listened to the episode and still have not seen the movie, (laughs) but it was a really good episode. (laughs) Yeah, well, you can watch it now, friend. So Tubi, it's on Tubi. Tubi, it's on Tubi. Tubi I I willingly sat through the commercials because... (laughs) Let me tell you. I just heard you I mean, talk about this on other podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I because I don't I don't I don't like commercials. I have to really want to watch something to be willing to sit through the commercials. And I love Sean Bean. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew this about me, but I do. <laughs> and so for Sean Bean, I'll sit through commercials. And Mike Figgis is the writer director of one of my favorite films, Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was a it was a treat to get to see this movie, to see Mike Figgis doing his thing, to see Sean Bean in the bathtub. <laughs> it's a good time. I, that didn't come up on our '90s episode. I feel like you went through all your crushes, and I don't know uh, there, Sean Bean. There's so many friends. I, <laughs> if I'm well, honest, I mean that's what I feel like I've been doing lately on the podcast. It keeps coming yeah. up about like my crushes. Like Jennifer Connelly was like. The talk of a whole episode and yeah. um who else there's been Which a bunch was completely yeah. justifiable <laughs> yeah i don't think anyone disagreed with me on that one but yeah. uh that brought the internet together i think for a day <laughs> well it was funny because like the day it came up she was trendy on twitter just for being like in top gun maverick and everyone yeah. being like oh we love jennifer connelly it's like yeah we, we've always loved her right what's, yeah you're like, like where have you been yeah what's changed i didn't know um <laughs> beautiful then beautiful now it's all the same um yeah, no. So uh, that's so funny. Yeah, I was just thinking about that episode, like your crushes. So Sean Bean, add him to the list. Okay, got it. Add, add Sean Bean to the list. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Okay, I still got to check that out. Yeah, because I listened to the episode just so I wanted to hear Anthony and Dirk and, and Sarah talk yeah. about it, but I, I have not seen the movie yet. So No, watch it. Great performances. The whole mood and vibe of the film is great. It's it's really cool. Okay. The Stormy Monday, right? not be sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else did I watch? Oh, I recently rewatched. It had been ages i saw this film when i was a kid and hadn't seen it since and it just popped up on criterion channel so folks can stream it it's a requiem for a heavyweight from 1962 okay Mm -hmm. it's directed by ralph nelson written by rod serling i was gonna say i thought this was a twilight zone episode was it a twilight zone episode (laughs) And then, so it stars Anthony Quinn, Jackie Gleason, Mickey Rooney, Julie Harris. It's the story of this boxer who is at the end of his career and is trying to figure out what to do next with his life and his kind of complicated relationship with his manager. Mm. And it's so good. It's, It's in black and white. It's beautifully shot. There's some great... POV shots where you get to see the world through his eyes having been in the ring and just gotten knocked out like it's it's an amazing movie I was blown away and I had seen it before but it had just been so long that I really just kind of had this vague recollection of my impression of it being a good film and so re-watching it was almost like watching it for the first time again and and having a whole new appreciation for it. So anyone who hasn't seen Requiem for a Heavyweight, highly recommend this film. I don't know what it is about like boxing movies that I enjoy because I don't really actually know that much about boxing, but there's just (laughs) something about the tone Mm -hmm. of boxing films. I agree. I don't know much about boxing either, and I don't really like boxing, but I like boxing movies for the most part. Yeah. I think it's funny. I think our friend Anthony King hates boxy movies. He says like he's on the record is he just <laughs> across the board hates boxy movies, which is like, I think, I mean, and I like so many of them, even I don't care about boxing yeah. in my life. It's very weird, but <laughs> yeah. Boxing and also pool. Oh my God. Pool's I know underrated. even less about pool than I know about <laughs> boxing, but I love movies where they're shooting pool, yeah. pool sharks and all that kind of thing. The hustler. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because those those sports are they're they're not team sports. They're it's like one person challenged. It's like a duel more it, than anything. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like, like and so the, it lends itself to like the whole psychology of one one person dealing with the challenge of their sport or or the like the corruption around those things mm-hmm. the betting and you know, oh the, yeah yeah pool's an underrated like movie sport activity i feel like and you can yeah I don't, it's, it's it actually i feel like it's it plays well in movies it's, you can edit it really snappy people just yes. put the balls in the pockets it's like... very cinematic <laughs> mm-hmm. it's underrated watching I... pool in real life like sitting around a bar <laughs> watching other people shoot pool is like yeah. watching paint dry <laughs> but on the big screen it's enthralling. I don't know what it is. I, I feel like I used to randomly watch pool played on like ESPN two back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, I don't know why I would get sucked, but it's like, it's a lot of general meandering. It's not very fast paced yeah. in real life. It's like people really 
I mean, they should be taking their time, angling shots, but right. But in movies, you can really snap it up. <laughs> so, yeah, it looks great on film. Yeah, so that's what I got. Oh, okay. I've been, I've been, yeah, money. I wanted to rewatch The Hustler and Color of Money because oh, I haven't I seen either one in like twenty years or something. Yeah. Like, um, cause I remember liking them both, but I just haven't seen them in so long. Um, but yeah, that kind of makes me want to watch those. <laughs> we talked about pool movie. So yeah, no, um, the hustler is, uh, it's one that I saw <laughs> as a kid. It was one of my, er- it was one of my early introductions to Paul Newman, mm-hmm. <laughs> who I will be eternally in love with. <laughs> Another movie crush. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. He, that man was, was a God. <laughs> I, I could talk about Paul Newman all day. I'm going to spare you, but <laughs> And that film is just, it's just beautifully done. It's so awesome. And I forgot Reckon for Everywhere was in my, it's on my list. I mean, my list is like nice. never ending at this point, but yeah, it's like, I go to IMDb and I'm like, oh, it's in my list. Okay. I just kind of forgot, but probably because the Rod <laughs> Serling thing and I love yeah. Twilight Zone so much. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's on Criterion Channel right now. If you have Criterion Channel. I think I canceled it. <laughs> <'Cause> <sighs> I had too many. I know. I had too many streaming services. I know. I should have kept that one dance. though, because they... Because they have stuff I feel like a lot of other places don't have. Like, they do. And I don't know why I canceled it, but <laughs> I probably should get it back. I know. Well, you I know, think, uh, yeah. the thing with the curated, because they're it's very curated. Mm-hmm. Which I appreciate. Like, yeah. And so like some months, the new stuff that they add is maybe less appealing to you or you're not as into the themes for that month and it can be easy to go like oh i haven't watched criterion in like a month that's really what happens yeah that's what happens <laughs> but then inevitably mm-hmm. you know the next month they add a bunch of things that you are really interested in seeing so yeah criterion yeah. is one i hang on to because i'm like there's just too many they have just too many films that don't land anywhere else right so yeah that's, that's a good point me. <laughs> that's how they got me too but then like a month goes by and i'm like oh i haven't watched anything do i even need it but then i'll look up a movie and it's literally only streaming there and i'm like damn it i should have kept it <laughs> it does help that hbo max seems to carry a lot of criteria yes. movies so that kind of helped ease that i was like well a lot of them are on here so who you know what do i need that for You're not wrong. But, but yeah so Okay, is that all you have, which is those two? Yeah, that's what I got. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, I watch a lot of things, but those were the two that I felt like it's, I wanted to bring yeah. to the table. I watched a lot of stuff that I'm like, I don't need to say anything about this. <laughs> like, but I have a few things I do want to talk about. Um, a couple of them are pretty quick. Um, I watched a movie. It's like a Hulu exclusive that Action Twitter was kind of buzzy about last week called The Princess with Joey King. I haven't seen this, no. Okay. Uh, I didn't think it looked very good from the trailers, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know about this. Like, kind of looking like a cheesy, I don't know, just cheap action movie that I was like, I don't know. But then everyone was talking about it, and I gave it a shot because it's on Hulu. And it's like, I have my friend's Hulu, and I'm my own Hulu. But <laughs> speaking of streaming services, I'm like, oh, this <laughs> one's just sitting there for free. But uh, I, it's it's fun. It's a fun movie. It's not going to, like, you know, breaking a new ground but it's like a fun breezy 90 minute action movie and the action's really good i think and joey king and i thought this and i read it does most of her own stunt work and you can kind of oh, tell nice. that she's in the shot doing most of the stuff and it's good like she's really getting into it <laughs> like um it's basically 
kind of like a weird spin on a fairy tale where uh, Joey King plays a princess and her dad basically has to give her to this evil guy because they have some kind of agreement about land. You know, that old tale about like, well, I'm going to give you my daughter is like a. Right. Yeah. And but she doesn't want to do it and bails on the wedding. And that causes a whole thing. And the guy won't take no for an answer and basically kidnaps her family locks her up in a tower just to fight her way down the tower. It's like a reverse Ooh. raid situation. Um, yeah. Not as good as the raid. The raid's amazing. But this is like, she's basically fighting her way down, fighting all different types of guys, like a big guy in all armor, just some giant buff guy. She has to like figure out how to beat because she's, you know, much smaller than him and like fighting all these people. And it's it's fun. I mean, like, the stuff that's like not action, the action scenes, I would say is not as great. Just like the normal kind of scenes, but some flashbacks are kind of eh. Um, some stuff does not look great. I thought there's some parts where it like really shows like, okay, we didn't have a lot of money, <laughs> but, right. but I felt, I felt like the effort was there. Like that's the important thing. Um, so it's not perfect, but it's fun. I mean, it's like a really fun 90 minute action movie and the action's actually pretty good. So nice. I got Hulu. Yeah. It's a, I think I it's a good have time. To check it out. <laughs> so, um, then I watch, that's like the, the least classy thing I watch. I've been on a weird kick lately. Where I've wanted to watch like nothing but like classy air quotes stuff. Oh. Like, like I know this is not who I am. I usually like like trashy action movies and stuff. <laughs> but I think it was because of June's exploitation without this movie, which I love. But that's a lot of like that type of stuff. And like it's you know it's fun. But then I think once the month was over, now that we're in July, I think I was just like I want to just go all in on like foreign films and yeah. classy stuff. And so I watched some i feel borderline pretentious like because i watched last year at marion bad i love that movie we talked about this i think i mentioned it on twitter where i said like i don't know it's like what is what I was all this it. it is fascinating i thought it was funny because i i you know rated on letterboxd and my friend mark Warner messaged me it was like i thought i was pretentious watching wes anderson movies but then matt comes in with his last year at marion <laughs> like it does okay it did feel like the almost textbook definition of a pretentious French art movie. Like it's like what I think of when I think of like people parodying, you know, some weird French art movie that ends right. with teen. You know, it's it's you're like people. It's very weird. Like I don't know how even describe last year at Marion Bad. I'd heard about it for years. The premise is fascinating. Where this man is in this villa and keeps telling he sees this woman. He's like, we met here before. She insists she does not know him. This kind of keeps happening <laughs> over and over yeah, in different he, he ways. Yeah, he keeps working on her and he's yeah. trying to jog her memory because according to him, they were going to run away together. Like they had this affair, this whole relationship and they were supposed to run away together. And she's like, nah, it didn't happen. <laughs> it's like, bro, take the hint. She's not that into you. <laughs> it's basically the whole movie. Oh, it's so She's, cool. And and I the mean, way that yeah. the setting is is this really grand, elegant like hotel and like a resort hotel. And it's so all of these beautiful people, all these beautiful right. French people in the 60s, <laughs> and like and and there's an eeriness to it. Yes, I was the way that, that it's shot, it's it's almost like you're in a dream or like they're ghosts. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I mean, it's an I'm, amazing film. It is. It re I have to give it a lot of credit. I, uh, it's fascinating. You keep thinking about it because they don't really give yes. you any answers to what's actually happening. You could have so many different ideas. And it is eerie. It's got moments where it's very quiet a lot. 
and it does these like the way it's edited and there's a lot of people who are just like will randomly be frozen almost who are just kind of yes. in the background it's so bizarre <laughs> but it's it's very interesting I I was not bored for like however long it is I and not a lot happens it's not like the princess was an action here five minutes it's not it's not like that at all it's just it's like conversations and just a lot of voiceover narration from yeah. him and yeah and it's just one of the most unique like weird movies i've ever seen which is kind of what i expected because that's what i've heard for years but it was sure it was it's cool. i mean i liked mood. it it's such a mood and it's <laughs> it's all vibes i love <laughs> films yes all vibes i love <laughs> films where the central question is what is real yeah i just love I, that i i'll never get sick of that and I, this yeah. and last year marion bad does that thing of like what is real who whose recollection is the truth <laughs> mm -hmm. um it's just yeah it's incredible yeah i have no answers i couldn't tell you <laughs> just like i watched I it i was it. like i don't know what happened um but i do kind of like that i don't know i like stuff like that where i don't really know what's going on <laughs> but as long as it keeps it interesting and it definitely has a dreamlike feel to it it's just very very weird but but very unique so yeah last year Mary bad take the plunge watch it it's very cool if you have i i woke up and like drank coffee and watched it. i was very in i was alert i was like <laughs> i was ready i don't think it's you like a, ready you had your thinking cap on yeah i was like i'm here i'm alert like i don't think it's a movie to watch around to fall asleep at night because it's a little like no yeah the pace is i very, mean unless you've yeah. already seen it before oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> i could see putting it on because it's so much of an experience and because of the dreamlike quality once you've already seen it like I could see rewatching it, like putting it on at the end of the night and just kind of, I don't know. Okay. Settling that makes into sense. that little yeah. dream world, you know? I might give me nightmares though. <laughs> it's like, it's because <laughs> of the creepiness. I feel like I'd wake up like, ah, it's like all these French ghosts are around. Uh <laughs> There's some eerie moments. Some of the people in the hotel are very off-putting. Yeah. It's definitely weird. Um, Another movie that's deliberately paced, I will say. <laughs> But um, have you ever seen Steven Soderbergh's uh, remake of Solaris with George Clooney? I have not. Have you seen the original Solaris? I have. Okay, I've not seen the original, but now I've seen the remake because <laughs> there was I, I, there was a um, screen drafts episode recently that was mm. like that was doing a draft of all the movies that got F cinema scores because oh. cinema scores only been around since like the late nineties. I, I thought it'd been around longer than that, but like there's only been twenty one movies in the past, like, I don't know, have like 25 years that have gotten Fs. And Solaris is one of the movies that got an F from the audience, <laughs> like, um, which I kind of get, but I don't get because I think it's really good. But I watched the trailer after I watched Solaris. Um, they sold a completely different movie. So maybe that's people really that's mad about. That's a problem. That is a problem. <laughs> and, and with like last year at Marion Bad, there's a lot of questions you could ask. And I don't know how it is in the other versions of Solaris, but this version, there's a lot of, Okay, so what exactly happened? What is going on? That kind of thing. Right. Um, but I watched it because that Screen episode, because I was like, I remember when Solaris came out and people were like mad because this was like a year <laughs> after they had done Ocean's Eleven together. So I guess uh, he got like kind of his blank check movie to make Solaris. Yeah. And yeah, it's very, I mean, it is, <laughs> I don't know if slow is the right word because I was never bored. It's barely an hour and a half long. It's not like it goes on for that long. 
Um, it just is very. Oh, and strange. it's only an hour and a half. Cause it's, it's like barely, the original Solaris is long. I know that's, I, I looked at that. That's probably why I watched the original one, but this one's, I mean, it's an hour, 39 minutes. So it's not yeah. even an hour 40. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it, it, I thought it moved pretty well. I mean, it's like, it takes its time setting up what's going on. You kind of like, you kind of sit with it for a while and kind of, I think it just makes you think about what's, what's happening. And it's a beautiful looking yeah. movie though. It's a beautiful movie. I think everybody's great. George Clooney's really good. Um, and I, people don't know about uh, Solaris. Basically, uh, George Clooney plays a psychologist who's sent up to this space station. There's weird stuff going on up there. And they're like, can you please go investigate? Someone's going to the crew. Uh, and he gets up there and he starts seeing his dead wife, who's played by Natasha Mikkel, I don't know, Mikkel Horn. I don't know how to pronounce her name. <laughs> um, uh, I feel bad. But yeah, his his dead wife, he's, he's seeing her up there. And... Viola Davis, Jeremy Davis, the only other people, or Jeremy Davies, are the only people on the the space station. Other people have died or committed suicide. Um, so some weird shit's going on. So, and then it's just him kind of dealing with that. And it's so good about how people cope with grief or they don't cope with grief. Um, yeah. Uh, and they can't get over someone and like just, and the idea of how you remember someone versus how they were there's a lot of that that's really interesting. Um, I don't know. I thought it was very good. I was like, this is a really, really good movie. And yeah, I remember it just got savage when it came out because I think it's not really a crowd pleaser. <laughs> like, um, it's probably not what people were expecting. Yeah. Oh, no. It's from the trailers. They were selling like a romance in space or so. I don't know what they oh, was like. Yeah. yeah. Watch the trailer. It's oh. like, oh, it's. Uh, and then watch the movie. It's like, this is not the same. It's much darker than the trailer. I mean, I don't know. I was fascinated by it the whole time. And um, it's got a beautiful score by Cliff Martinez. Oh my God. It's like one of my new favorite scores. It's so good. Um, it's a really good movie. I, I, yeah, I mean, so I kind of get the F cinema score, but I, if people have never seen it because of that or have seen it and didn't like it, revisit it because i'm not somebody with a lot of patience but i felt like i i felt like this completely won me over and i was into it the whole time um so yeah solaris is actually pretty good i thought um nice. last thing i will check bring that out because i i've seen yeah. the original solaris and it actually <laughs> took me three tries to get through it uh-huh i'm embarrassed to admit this i hate admitting weakness when it comes to my ability to like go the distance with a movie, but like I fell asleep the first two times I tried to watch it. I can, I mean, I watched the trailer for that one and I've heard about it before and I, it's almost three hours long, right? And it's in Russian, you have to read. So you've really got to focus for the whole time. Right, right. And it just seems like a tough, I don't even know what, like, I'm curious how much they, how much extra is in that first story because this one's like an hour 40 and feels like maybe right. they could add some backstory. I don't know what they added, like maybe the life of uh, George Clooney's character and his wife before he went up. There's not as much of that. I don't know what's in the the original, but it that, seems like yeah, a tough. That, that first part is, it's like, <laughs> it's, okay, I'm just gonna, it's slow. It's slow. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm but it's very quiet and very slow. It takes a long time, a long time <laughs> to get to all of that awesome 
grief stuff that you're talking about in this, you know, once you get to the space mm-hmm. station and things start to happen, um, then I was, I was in it, but yeah, that, that first, the, the first act first half really, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I couldn't watch it if I was like a little sleepy because <laughs> it just zonked me right out. Yeah. And it was, another... and it was gorgeous. Like I, and I wanted to make it through it. I love science fiction. It's a classic come hell or high water. I was going to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. I finally did. And I'm glad that I, I persevered. It is, it is worth watching. Okay. It's a classic for a reason, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, just maybe don't watch it like late at night with the lights <laughs> turned out. Or when, yeah, you know, when you're a little tired after a long day at work, like maybe that's not the day. Yeah, this sounds like another wake up early, have your coffee and start watching it type of movie. Right, that might like, be best. Well, if you want the shorter version of the movie, The Slaughter is with George Clooney's HBO Max. So I, I might have to check that out because I'm curious now. That it was really good. With I that uh... shorter runtime, that's like, ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I don't feel like they're like skimpy. I mean, I mean, I've seen the original, but it feels like you know, I don't know if they're rushing. Story. Yeah, it feels like a complete story. They're not. I mean, they could probably add more backstory of him and his wife before she passed away, but I don't know. Like, you know, I don't know what the original is like, but it's good. I would love to hear your thoughts on it at some point because I don't hear people talk about it anymore because it kind of. I'll let you know. Okay. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> um. Okay. Okay. I guess it's time to talk about David Cronenberg's. Oh, crash. it's time. What if I tricked you and this was about Crash from 2004? <laughs> 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 we both watched the wrong Crash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a movie I don't like at all. I don't have you seen it? I saw it in the movie theater. Oh, okay. <laughs> when that one came out. And uh-huh. I I mean I don't remember that much about it, to be honest Fair. with you. So I'm very neutral about it. <laughs> I just had a friend who randomly watched it and was really complaining to me about how he thought it was like the most like childish kind of like what's the word like base level of like talking about race that anybody it's like who wrote this mm. a child like it's just not very <laughs> it's not a deep thinking movie about right. race it's very like base level and it won best picture so you know what it's it's like, it. it's that was a big controversy i remember that people were very upset even when it happened they were like how did this win <laughs> so anyway the other crash you, yeah you can't put it off any longer my friend <laughs> Sorry. We're not talking um, about that movie. We're talking about <laughs> David Cronenberg's masterpiece, Crash from 1996, mm-hmm. an adaptation of the book Crash from 1973, which was written by J.G. Ballard. First question Have you read the book? I have. Okay. I have not. I have read the book. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to make a solemn promise to you right now that I'm going to try very hard. Not to say in the book, well, you know, in the book, I'm going to try not to do that. I might, <laughs> there might be one or two instances where I need to reference the book Yes, that's as fine, we talk yeah. about this, but I'm not going to be that asshole <laughs> <laughs> because I have that tendency to become that asshole that is always harping on a book to somebody. So yes, I have read the book. <laughs> Okay. I love the book. I think as far as film adaptations of books go, this is a really good one. There are, 
you know, some things that are, that are different, but I think it, it catches a lot of the spirit and, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of very big ideas. There's a lot of really heavy themes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's one thing to read about, you know, to read a work of fiction. And then it's another thing to try and commit that to the screen, to bring that alive in moving pictures. And and Cronenberg does a fabulous job with this film. Because <laughs> it seems on like on paper, it almost seems unadaptable, I would think. I, I can't even I was thinking I was watching this is a miracle this got made into a movie because I can't yes. believe anybody would green light this I don't know what the budget I forgot to look at the budget this was I mean I don't think it was a ton but it has stars in it it has yes. like um and it just is so far out of <laughs> the norm that like they had to know the, the studio had to know when they're making it like this is not going to play to mainstream audiences it never there's just no chance like it'll get buzz. And people will talk about it because it's a very attention grabbing premise of like, sure. oh, people have sex to car crashes or they turned on my car crashes. And it's like, we hear that idea and you're like, what? Like, I remember that's what that grabbed my attention and the fact <laughs> it was rated NC-17. I was like, this is forbidden fruit that I must see um, as a teenage boy. And then I saw it and it was like, jaw on the floor. <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> and it's like, this is not, I don't know why, what I expected, but I was just like, oh no, this is not... Um, this is not what I was expecting to see. Um, and I don't, I think I thought I read something that JG Ballard says that said that he thought the, the movie was like better than his book. Did, did I making that up? There, or? <laughs> so I, I, I was telling you this before we started recording and I will say it to all of my fellow film feast listeners, <laughs> get the criterion Blu-ray of this movie there's some great features on there and there there's a Q and a with Cronenberg and JG Ballard and, and Ballard talks about like, he loves what Cronenberg did with the story for the film. And he talks about, he feels like there was, there was some interviewer or some journalist that, that you know asked one of the questions said something like I thought the movie didn't go as far as the book and J.G. Ballard jumps in and says no I think it took it further oh okay so I'll say for me personally they're just two very different mediums right right this this is why I don't get people to get so up in arms about comparing a book to a movie because I they're... love the book I love the film I love them for the, the artistry and the craft and the storytelling in their own ways. So I would say you can enjoy Cronenberg's crash without having ever read the book. I would still encourage folks to check out the book because JG Ballard is an incredible writer and it's a great book and it's, it's very short. It's not a, you know, it's not a really right. long involved read, but it is a very, Oh, it's, <laughs> you're going to have a lot of 
feelings. Well, <laughs> that's book, understandable. You know? It, it <laughs> had a lot of feelings. A reaction, <laughs> uh-huh. um, much like this film does, because that's the nature of this story. <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah, it's a very visceral thing. It's very. I don't know. It's I. Well, let's go back. Let's go back to when okay, this came. Were you back. able to see this like right when it came out? Did you know it was it was coming out? I mean, I was not. I was too young to be aware of it when it was like coming out. Right. But... I wasn't aware like when it was in production. I became aware of it after it got released, and I and I did see it like in the late nineties. And and I think at that time was just like, whoa, it's so wild that they've made this movie (laughs) right yeah one of the things and i'm sure this will come up again and again in our conversation one of the (laughs) things that i love about david cronenberg is that he really he has this gift for creating films that you can watch them the one time and you'll you'll get something out of it and you'll see it'll be an experience and you'll get all these intense visuals and all these great performances and and that's great go back and rewatch it and rewatch it again and again and i guarantee you every time you get a i get i'll speak for myself i get a deeper feeling a deeper understanding i appreciate all of the nuances and subtleties i love thinking about the themes that are explored So I, you know, I think seeing it that first time, I I liked, you know, I I really enjoyed the movie. I liked it. And I was still very much like, oh, that was wild. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And it's been in subsequent viewings that I've been able to like take it deeper. And I just love every, every time I see this movie, I love it more. I can understand that. I feel like with... Something like this with, like, the first time I saw it, again, like, teenage boy who just was like, oh, NC-17. And I was just gobsmacked by what I was watching and, like, could not believe it. I don't think I even, like, fully comprehended it. I I think I was just so shocked by what was happening. (laughs) Like, because it's it's shocking, you know, stuff. I mean, really, I mean, um, and blown away. Just, like, I was like, oh, no, that's Casey Jones from Ninja Turtles. What's Why is he doing this? Uh, it's like... (laughs) why is he doing this what's going on um it's such like it was such like i was so blown away that i don't think i even could appreciate it i've only seen it i I, this time i was thinking like three times this might have been the third time but every time has felt like like a huge like i don't know how to describe it like it just feels like a big deal whenever i watch it and it's you cannot forget the movie i don't think anyone that would seen it would say it's not memorable. <laughs> like oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's unforgettable. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, mean... L- let's just <laughs> going into this film, this film opens with a sexual encounter. Right. Between uh, <laughs> uh, Deborah Kara Unger's character, Catherine and some guy and, right. and going into the film, it's like, who are these people? And then you go immediately to a sex scene with James Spader, who is playing the, the, the lead, James Ballard, our protagonist, who mm-hmm. happens to be her husband, and he's having sex with some random woman. 
And then we bounce into yet another sex scene between this married couple and they're talking about the sexual experiences they had with these other people because they have an open relationship and then they have sex it's like three boom 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 <laughs> and boom. oh yeah this time i was clocking like how fast everything happens <laughs> yeah. i was like i'm eight minutes into this and so much stuff has happened and then i don't yeah. I, I don't want to cut you off thinking you mentioned the next thing that happens Something else shocking <laughs> happens within the first like 10, 12 minutes of the movie. Yeah, were you going to keep going? Yeah, wanna... we, okay. ha we have a car crash. Right. <laughs> we get our we get our car crash, our first car crash. And it's a beautiful scene. Have you ever been in a car crash? <laughs> I just said to go with that heart of that question. Uh, no, I mean, I've been in like a couple very minor fender benders like that weren't even anything to talk about. But I've, I never luckily... Knock on some wood. I've never yeah, been no, in like no a have never been in like a, a in any kind of like serious car crash or even like right. kind of serious. It's all been like someone tapped my bumper or like you know we they scraped my you know they're pulling out nothing nothing bad. So right. Well, that's yeah. good. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. I I've never I've I've been in several collisions. Oh um, okay. <laughs> only one of which I would say was really had the potential for serious bodily injury mm -hmm. luckily like my buddy was in and out of the hospital within a day he was just like bruised like cracked ribs i think uh, i got t-boned oh in mm. an intersection um another time i got hit head on Oof. but it yeah. was in a it was in a residential neighborhood so it was slow speed oh okay um but that like that the the moment of impact mm-hmm when you don't know how, like, you can't, you can't stop it. It's happening. And like the violence of the collision when it happens to experience that on, on screen, the way that it's done in crash, they don't use slow motion. They don't use different, uh, you know, a bunch of crazy camera. It's not shot like an action film. And it's, there's just something so raw about that first car crash scene and the man from the other car getting ejected and coming through the windshield of Ballard's car. And, and, and right from the jump, we get this, this technique that'll get used throughout the film of the camera coming in close and tight on on wounds, injuries, mm -hmm. crash injuries, on damage to the vehicles. And this will happen throughout the rest of the film. And as we, as we watch Ballard become a part of this, this group of car crash fetishists, and as his new sexuality develops, it's, you, the, all of those shots of wounds and damaged vehicles, and it becomes more and more sensual almost as it goes on. Mm -hmm. It's, I just, I just love the way that it's done in this. It's just amazing to me. <laughs> Cause doesn't, doesn't uh, James Hader keep driving around the same car, but the same car keeps getting battered more and more and like he meets these people who are kind of like collecting wounds like the cars are collecting damage people are collecting 
you know, so, injuries. <laughs> so, so as a result of, so in that moment of the crash, we get our first. Oh, yeah. Please bring this up because this is, yeah. During, during the, this fateful car crash that changes the Ballard character's life. Holly Hunter is in the other car. She plays Dr. Helen Remington and they make eye contact and it's really intense. Almost like in some other movie, it would be two people looking across a, a smoky bar at each other, you know, but <laughs> this, it's, this is like smashed windshields. Right. And she's taking off her uh, seatbelt. She's trying to get her seatbelt off and it rips open her blouse and her breast is exposed. It's like right off the jump. It's like car crash with sex. We're sexualizing the car crash right from the jump. And, and, <laughs> and then James Spader's character Ballard goes to the hospital. We get all of these great shots of the pins in his leg, the metal penetrating his body. There's a lot of penetration in this film, folks. And, <laughs> and we, start to, we start to see how he's, how the crash has changed him. He's noticing traffic more. Mm -hmm. There's all this buildup around getting in a car for the first time after having survived this crash of running into Helen Remington whose husband was killed in the crash. And he meets Vaughn, um, played by Elias Codius. And Vaughn is this enigmatic, kind of scummy looking dude, covered in scars, he's disheveled, and he's very forward and he's he has no recognition of personal space mm -hmm. <laughs> or privacy and it's revealed to us that Vaughn and this kind of ragtag group of misfit car crash survivors that he runs with are sexually aroused by car crashes obsessed with celebrity car crashes they reenact car crashes famous car crashes in the film they reenact the car crash of james dean they they have this dream of doing the james manfield crash which i don't know if you know the details of that i i did look at the details because it's very gruesome i was shocked and i it wasn't because this movie it was something else and i, I was yeah. like Someone brought up on a podcast and I said, oh, how they made it sound really bad. And I looked at the details and I was like Gnarly. shocked. I was like, holy shit, this is yes. horrible. This is, it was, yeah, it was, it's really messed up. If somebody wants to Google it um, to read about it, I was shocked at the details. It's, it's horrifying. Bad. Yeah, yeah. It's a really, yeah, best. It's bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so the character of Ballard in the beginning, the sex scenes, we didn't really talk about this. In those opening, those initial sex scenes between Ballard and, and the camera girl and Ballard and his wife, the sex is boring. Right. It's dispassionate. They're kind of going through the motions. Nobody seems into it. Yeah. Nobody seems that into it. It's like, 
they're just doing it to do it. Mm. But, <laughs> and, and, and Ballard's wife asks him if the woman he had had sex with had an orgasm and he says, no. And she says, well, maybe next time. And, <laughs> and, they're, and they're very blase and talking yeah. about it. And they're just not that excited. And yeah. as after post crash, as Ballard is, is processing what happened and he started to sexualize the car and the car crash and he meets Vaughn and he starts getting sucked into Vaughn's world. Then we start to see him, he has sex with Helen Remington in a car and is fumbling and frenzied and he's into it. They're into it. <laughs> um, and for anyone who's ever had sex in a car, I mean, it's, you, you gotta be re either really have nowhere else to go or be really into it to be that into it. Oh yeah. I kept thinking that during this movie, I was like, this is, this is, you're making this look too easy. This is like, <laughs> it's like you people. I, I mean, they like car crashes and there's a scene and... later that is a little more with Roseanne Arquette. We'll, oh my God. We'll get there. That's... Sure. <laughs> we'll, get, <laughs> we'll there. get there. Can I we'll stop you? There. Go back to the Holly yes. Hunter crash moment. Cause this is when things like truly went insane for me in my first view. because it's like sexy and sexy and sexy, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, okay, wow, they're coming in hot with this. And then the crash happens and it's very violent and very yeah. like, it's just very like direct. I would say it's just not yeah. fancy. It's like, bam, a car crash. It's like, whoa, they're not like really. So the guy flies through a windshield and I'm taking in this whole trauma. And then James Spader and Holly Hunter, like lock eyes across from each other. And I read this moment differently when I first saw it until the last, I thought she, I think I said out loud, did she just pull her boob out? Because like, it looks like she just goes boop and like pulls it. But now this time I was just more, he's more fumbling with her seatbelt. And I guess it could have been an accident. I thought she just really pulled it out and was like, hey, James Spader, what do you think? <laughs> and it's such an odd, I'm like, this is not how humans react in a car crash. Like normally I would think. So right. uh, that blew me away. I remember saying like, did she just pull her boob out? <laughs> I mean, crash. it is James Spader. I, yeah, I get it. He's... He's a very sexual man. Um, James Spader is fascinating to me because we talked on Lindsay's podcast a while ago. Oh, that movie with him and Bad Influence, the one with him and Rob Lowe, uh -huh. where he kind of plays like the nerdy kind of guy. And I feel like James Spader has this amazing gift of playing like kind of nerdy weirdo. Like in Stargate, yeah. he's kind of nerdy. But then he plays like he can just so easily move over this very sexual guy who seems oh, like he'd, yeah. be, he'd be into anything and you could totally buy him as the guy who's like i'm only gonna be into car crashes now like the only thing that gets me going is a car crash like he's great for this part oh he's i can't imagine what else playing it that's why i was thinking it's like nobody else could do this i don't think like he's just he's fascinating that way i'm like how do you switch so hard from like nerdy weirdo to like sexual <laughs> like I, yeah yeah I it's bananas but it's yeah so gift. So yeah, like that, all that stuff happens so quick in the movie and I have not got my bearings. <laughs> I'm like, this woman pulled her boot back in a car crash. Her husband is now dead, I believe. I was like, what? And then it just starts, it comes at you so fast. It's like, you're kind of like James Spader's falling into this world really quickly. And like, you know, I'm like, I don't get it, buddy, but whatever makes you happy. But I'm just like, also I would say not a movie, especially when you're younger, if you've never even had sex regular yet, you can't <laughs> wrap your head around that people... <laughs> need to have car crashes you're like what's wrong with the, the normal 
Let's roll with the normal way. The old sex, as, as Crimes the Future, David Cronenberg would <laughs> yes, say, the old sex. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, I don't get why anybody. I mean, I guess as you get older, you could the passion dying in a marriage, like that whole thing. You know, you're so like, well, let's talk about some of these themes because okay. I think this is important. Because <laughs> yeah, we, we could do a blow by blow, of the sex. <laughs> yeah. In this yeah. movie, that would be very easy to do. And, and and we'll talk more about it, I'm sure. But I think something that's really important here is that the sex in this film is not just is not just to titillate. Like it's not it's not sex that's just shoehorned in there just for shock value. No, I don't think most of it does titillate. Honestly, I remember like it, right. Yeah, the I mean, sex some, in this yeah. film is meaningful to the story it's the story because crash touches on our relationship the relationships between sex and technology and how technology affects our lives and of course our sexuality when you think about something as ubiquitous as the car and well, and this is an interesting thought. This is a cool thing to think about. <laughs> uh-huh. Sex is inherently dangerous. We yeah. do it anyway. <laughs> this is true. Yes. But sex is there's, there's danger involved emotionally mentally on like that kind of like that's kind of an esoteric you know whatever <laughs> on a very real level though like sexually transmitted infections right yeah. unwanted pregnancies like sex can be dangerous and that's part of what makes it fun is it's risky <laughs> driving yeah. we drive our cars day in and day out how many miles will you drive in your lifetime? Driving is inherently dangerous. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and so to put those two things together, these two inherently dangerous activities that we will do hundreds of thousands of times in our lives and not even think about it. It's kind of wild when you start to think about it. And in the movie, like the Helen Remington character after the crash says she doesn't know how, how you drive after having an experience like that, a fatal crash. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you drive again? She doesn't even know if she wants to keep her car. And, but she will drive again because that's life. Right. And, <laughs> and we, and we take on that risk because that technology is so integral to our lives and sex is so integral to our lives. So hopefully you've got access to contraceptives and <laughs> safe sex practices and all those great things. But, you know, I mean, there is an inherent danger. And so that's something that I think is at play here. That's really interesting to think about. Um, you know, the, also kind of looking at the modern world and how much of our lives is like automated and efficient and convenient 
and inherently boring and wrote. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and at the beginning of this film, we see a, a couple who are going through the motions in their lives at work, at home, and sexually. And it's this near-death experience that jolts something and you feel again. And then he's chasing that feeling and he brings his wife into this pursuit of that feeling, that energy. Um, So that says something about our modern life that I think is really interesting. I think too that this film has a lot to say about the way that our sexuality is formed. This is really interesting. So I think for a lot of people whose sexual proclivities fall within the bounds of what society considers normal, you've probably never had to think about like, how did my sexual interests and preferences come about? Like how, why am I attracted to the people or the situations or the things that I'm attracted to? Because if you're normal, You, you mm-hmm. wouldn't, I mean, you just wouldn't think it. You just take for I granted. Mean, yeah. <laughs> but if your tastes or interests fall outside of that, you might think about it a lot. Why? Yeah. Why am I attracted to that? Why do I find that exciting or arousing? And this film very directly shows us that process. And in an adult who has this awakening and all of a sudden is finding something that most people would say is, is scary or awful or terrible, he's starting to find that arousing. And like the way that that develops is really interesting. And I think too, this film says a lot about, like when we, when we think about sex, when we talk about sex, we talk a lot about genitalia and like those body parts and the mechanics and that's something that's in the book and is also in this film the language that's used oh uh-huh. clinical anatomical terms they don't use any slang or euphemisms <laughs> oh that's it's true like, yeah he uses the word penis anus semen there's there's no sugarcoating it there's no fluffing it up there's no um, there's nothing to make you feel like casual, like casual or friendly about it. Like it's, <laughs> it's clinical mechanical terms, and the yeah. terms that are used to describe the crashes in the vehicles are very like succinct, specific terms. Like it's all very mechanical. Mm-hmm. Um, like our bodies are machines. The car is a machine. How do you put those together? Like it's all of that is really heady stuff. But I think also there's this thing about like how much of our sexuality and how much of what we experience sexually starts and ends in our brains. This is a good point. <laughs> I had not... <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So, and we always think about like the like the other body parts that are directly in contact with each other. But it's like your brain gives the signals that tells you this is arousing. Right. Your brain is what comes up with the fantasy that gets a person going. And 
you know, I, and because all of that starts in the brain and our mind is this, um, is this playground for all of that stuff. And if you can dream it, it can become a sexual <laughs> fantasy. Like it's like, our minds are incredible that way. And, you know, I think nowadays with the internet and with how much porn is a part of that and how much porn there is and online communities and like, this is probably less of a surprise to people than it would, would have been in the nineties before everyone had internet access or in the seventies when the book was written, but like there's a veritable cornucopia of sexual tastes and interests. People are into all sorts of things. This is true. And it's a lot easier to find, I think, people. I was thinking about this because this is 96. The book's written in the 70s. But like right. this group of people found each other in LA. I think they're in LA. Yeah, LA. And like they're in they're, Toronto. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. I thought they yeah. were in wow. Uh <laughs> um, so Toronto. Uh they, but they find each other in this uh community. Of I'm like, how do they even find each other? This is such a such a niche thing, and they go to that James Dean car crash um, recreation. There's like a good amount of people there, and I'm like, yeah, all these people found each other. I'm like passing out flyers, but anyway. But yeah, now I'm thinking this would be so easy in 2022 if they wanted to find each other, they oh, go yeah. post somewhere, and like let's all meet up at this place and do this. Like, um, and I, it's funny. I mean, I, I think it's it's good that they went with car crashes because it's such an extreme idea of a king because i feel like that is sure. i think i read somewhere they that it was like well i want to it was like pick to pick something that like nobody really has a kink for maybe somebody does i'm sure someone does but like it's very they went so far out that it's right. like this is still extreme no matter what comes up like because it is very dangerous obviously to to just get into car crashes to to get yourself going and it's funny because not to jump ahead but like the movie almost kind of makes it feel like the car crashes are it's there's getting almost what like get into like willy-nilly it's like oh let's get into a little car accident oh, and then yes something insane happens later on with uh with vaughn elias cote's character and you're like oh right these are still fragile human beings who are risking their lives out there to you know to to you know to get off basically <laughs> and it's like it kind of like sobers it a little bit because I almost forget like oh right this is very dangerous and they could die at any moment um because I almost forgot that point that's that's a Cronenberg thing too that we are just like big fleshy meat sacks who are very fragile <laughs> and can be can be we killed are. we are we are he always reminds me of how fragile human body is and it's like it's like ah damn it uh it's like and it's funny you bring up the the clinical language because I think this and like scanners and were like my one of my two early Cronenberg exposures. And I had the mm. idea of him as being very cold and very clinical. And like, that was my takeaway from crash. The first time was that like, even though it's this very sexual movie, it somehow still feels cold and clinical to me. And like, just very at arm's length. It's the way people act in the movie. Like they're all pretty cold to each other. Like, um, like they're all having sex, but it's various levels of passion, but it feels like, you know, at one point, yeah. When a lot of the sex is people not facing each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's from it's... behind. Mm -hmm. That's may I don't know that it was in intentional. I mean, obviously they choreographed the scene, but like that says something about the level of connection. Like you don't, they're not 
they're not facing one another. People aren't looking each other in the eye. Yeah. Most of the time it feels more like animalistic or just like, yeah. And it's it, when Vaughn dies, it's like, I felt like the reaction from all these characters who have been around him a long time. No one seems to be that like bothered by it. No one seems to care at no, all. No, really. because this is the ultimate goal, my friend. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I didn't think I thought of it like that, but yeah. Yeah. But, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, they just. Well, and, and, and yeah. that's, you know, I, I like that you, you, in talking about like, the choice of the car crash being being the kink here and how extreme that is. And it's throughout the film, it's like there's many facets to the activities. <laughs> there's like a wide range of, act, of car crash related activities <laughs> uh-huh. that Vaughn and then ultimately his, his group participate in to to get aroused. Mm-hmm. It's like, sometimes it's these very, it's these staged crashes in a very controlled environment. But that's not enough. He has to, you know, at one, like there's one point and there's, and it happens again later in a more serious way. You know, Vaughn likes to chase you in the car and he likes to get really close to hitting your car or cut you off. Mm-hmm or drive in, like go to pass through oncoming traffic to get over. He's always courting the danger of a crash. And, you know, that's like his foreplay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Get real close to the edge. Um, You know, and then it's like, trying to get in actual crashes also driving around looking for car crashes that he can take pictures of right yes that's his, a <laughs> his his scrapbooks <laughs> that is a, a very interesting scene i, I sorry, like that because it's the movie it's it, i don't think it looks bad by any means but i think it's very like the flat is the wrong word it's very controlled i don't think it's very flashy i don't think it's very flashy i think it's very like you know, and it was always very gray out or it's nighttime. I don't think the sun yeah. ever was really shining this movie. A lot of night shoots. A lot of night shoots. And like, and I don't think it's, the, but the scene when they're driving, Spader and Elias Coteus and Deborah Carr Unger out driving and they pass by a crash probably feels like the most stylish part of the movie. And it's this very, and it's weird how they just kind of walk through the crash, like this crash scene, like no one's even bothering them. I'm like, would yeah. this be allowed? <laughs> like they're just kind of like wandering through an active crash scene. And it almost feels like dreamy in a weird way. It's, I was just it noticing does. like, this feels like the most like stylish part. And I don't know if there's like what the thought behind that is of why this would be the part where it's just like smoke billowing and it just feels, there's all the lights and it just feels very yeah. strange. And like, they're just kind of wandering through this scene. It's their fantasy. Kind of- that's yeah. I mean, it's it's like they've wandered on a great car crash. And they're like, yes, sweet. <laughs> like, yeah, get well, some sweet picks. The Vaughn, uh, <laughs> Elias Codius as Vaughn, he, this voice that he uses, the tone of his voice, he he's doing all kinds of really awesome Vaughn mannerisms and the tone so of good his in voice. This. I, he's to, a great to actor. To bring yeah. forward like what this guy is about and the level to which he's committed to this project 
<laughs> that he keeps <laughs> talking about. And like when, when Ballard first goes to his workshop and sees the photographs. So Spader's looking, you know, and, and Vaughn comes up behind him and he's almost touching him and he's like oh, yeah, smelling yeah. his, his coat. And he keeps moving his hand like he wants to touch him. And he's breathing heavy. Like he's having a moment. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, like he's aroused by Ballard just looking at the photos of the crash. Yeah. Yeah. And when they go and they actually take photographs of some random crash that these poor strangers on the highway. And, and he keeps saying like, stop the car, stop the car. And the, like the tone of his voice is, it's like someone who's engaging in a sex act. Oh yeah. He's very excited to come across that. At the peep show or, yeah, yeah. you know, like this excited, almost breathless tone in his voice. And this, there's an urgency, like he needs to capture this moment. It's, he's an intense guy and it comes through in the performance. <laughs> mm -hmm. And in a moment like that, where you're, it's this clash of emotions, right? Because his character and the Ballard character by that point are giving you their, their arousal, their excitement. And then you're seeing bloody people getting pulled out of vehicles mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, I'm not turned on by that. But this is a sexual moment. Like this moment is sexualized. And so there's like right. this clash that happens. Um, or other scenes where like, you know, like Ballard runs his hand along a car door. And in any other film, running your hand along the car door with the dent is like nothing. And in this film, you're like, oh, <laughs> he's like stroking that car stroking that car and it's yeah. kind of sensual <laughs> and and each and every viewer gets to have their moment there of like am i turned on like does this does this turn me on i mean for most people the answer is going to be no but <laughs> i was gonna say it's a hard no for me but <laughs> yeah it's a no but it's yeah. but there's that it's like you're getting these different signals yeah. And visually, <laughs> mm -hmm. visually, the camera is caressing the wounds. You know what I mean? Like it's this intense and it's this, it is, it's all these mixed signals that you're <laughs> as a viewer, you're, you're, you're experiencing and you're trying to process. How do I feel about this? I think too, it's important that this film doesn't take a moral stand. That is true. It just, it really does not. I feel like it's very. It doesn't condemn. It doesn't promote. It's just presenting. <laughs> Here are our characters. Here's what they've experienced. Here's what they get up to. And it's like you as a viewer get to decide how you feel about it, what you think about it. This is true. Yeah, I just, I, was, I feel like it keeps me so like I'm so far away from what they're into that I'm just watching it as like a very <laughs> shocked and, but I'm, I'm like, but I'm interested. That's why I'm like, I'm never bored watching crash. Cause I'm so fascinated by them. The people in this movie, the characters, in this movie, 
and just that this is their thing. <laughs> like that just like it's really their thing. I've seen a lot of people criticize that they think the characters are very like boring or cold and really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, but I, I think cold I, I could see cold. I, could I think see, I had like a boring. theory about this that that they're supposed to be cold because we start yes. off like we said the two of them, Derek R. Unger and James Spader, like feel I don't want to say feel nothing, but they feel very like. They're just kind of eh, they're very blasé about everything, you know. Yeah, they they aren't like absolutely. they're like eh. And it seems like the idea is that these people who are so cold and detached uh, need this thing that's so extreme to like yeah. take them back to finding passion again and right. kind of finding like their thing. And it's like such <laughs> it's obviously very extreme, but it's like so I'm fascinated by these characters. Like I don't really get attached to anybody. I don't think you're supposed to get attached to any of them. They're just not those kind of people. They're never really getting attached to each other, I feel like, because they're, like I said, I feel like, you know, Vaughn dies and everyone's kind of like, oh, you know, whatever. And like, kind of, like, I guess it's kind but of- But there point. is a magnetism to Vaughn. There is. I he. It's weird because he seems like a crazy person, but a lot of people seem to be into him and they're drawn to him. There's, there's a magnetism. Like, we get- um... <laughs> Uh, we get the scene of Ballard and his wife having sex. I was wondering when we get to this scene. Okay. And <laughs> they're talking about Vaughn. Yeah. And and their pillow talk in this scene is all about her asking Ballard if he wants to have sex with Vaughn and going into all of the little dirty details about like, do you want to do this to him? Do you want to do that to him? have you ever tasted this? Have you ever tasted that? What do you think this would look like? More than I remembered. Uh, <laughs> great yeah. detail and all these very clinical words, but it gets them off. It's the most passionate sex this couple has had in the movie to that and point. It, it might be the most like, like passionate sexy in the whole movie. Like I don't, it yeah. feels the most very sensual very yeah like it has the most heat to it i guess you could say yes. it's like but they're talking and it was funny before that scene i thought okay yeah this is very sexual but i'm like nc-17 really and then i got to that scene and just the talking i was like oh this is why they got the this NC-17. is why and, and, well, and plus then the, we get to yeah. the, the car wash scene oh yeah <laughs> things progress further uh-huh ballard vaughn and Catherine are in Vaughn's car, which is a, is a 62, I think 62, 63 Lincoln, mm-hmm. huge boat of a car. Love those cars. <laughs> They're gorgeous. I mean, his is a beater. Like he hasn't taken care of it. Obviously right, right. To crash but it I think into he things. likes it that way. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, but the, I mean, those are these huge cars and Vaughn and Catherine get in the back and they have some pretty rough sex mm-hmm. for a movie, you know, or the I mean, yeah. backseat of a car. It's, it's, yeah. it's kind of intense and you're, and it's hard to read like how much she ends up actually enjoying that experience. It, 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 well, it, it, it gets. Yeah. Well, intense. there's a scene right after where James Spader and her are laying in bed and he's kind of like, I got to to her, but she's kind of staring off in the she's distance covered in bruises. And she has so many, yeah, so many bruises and she just is kind of staring off blankly in the distance. And I don't know if that's like her, you know, being like that was a traumatic experience or looking like, oh, I do like this. I can't, you know, I can't read. Yeah, that. the lines like, are very blurry. 
Yeah. And she never tells us with words how she feels about what happened, but it's a very intense scene. And again, it's like Ballard's watching his wife have this really intense sexual encounter with Vaughn in the car. And then Ballard and Vaughn have a sexual experience. Somehow I forgot that happened. At the <laughs> I was end, like, you know, towards the end of the film. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was like, oh, they really went for this too. I'm like, uh, yeah, there's like kudos to those guys. Cause that's uh, in 1986. I feel like that's kind of brave for two mainstream actors yeah. to, to do a scene like that. It's way more passionate than I remembered. And um, yeah, it's, it's intense. Cause I mean, it's funny. I was, I was thinking this whole time. It's like everybody in this little group, I feel like is beyond like normal sexuality because they're all yeah. like sleeping with each other. And like, it doesn't matter. They don't, I don't think they even really care if it's like man or woman. They're all just like attracted to each other and car crashes. And like, they're just beyond, way beyond like the normal yes. bounds of what we think of sexuality. And I was just like, everybody, yeah, just hooks up with everybody. Cause I just think that they're all in it for this like very, I don't know, the the thrill, the kink of the car, cars and car crashes. Like just being in a right. car and all that. Yeah, it's like, that well, part's and, fascinating, yeah. <laughs> when Vaughn talks about his philosophy and, and some of this is taken directly from the book, talks about the car crash being a fertilizing rather than a destructive event. Oh, uh-huh. Which, like, if you, like, roll that around in your brain is really interesting. <laughs> um, to use a, the term fertilizing. <laughs> right? Yeah, but it's yeah. like, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, you know, and he talks about that energy of, like, that crash is a catalyst to create something, something comes out of it rather than it destroying something. It's, uh, it's heady stuff. (laughs) And there's, and there's a cool moment later too, where someone asks Vaughn if after he's, you know, he's talking about this, ask Vaughn if, if what he's talking about is a personal prophecy or a global prophecy. And he says, there's no Mm. difference. And that's a really interesting concept. Oh yeah. Yeah. To roll around in your brain. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. But it's like that connection, right? Like these people are all in this together and they're all having this experience and pursuing that energy and those situations and that charge. And it's, there is no jealousy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. No one seems like jealousy does not exist in this group. It seems like- There's no possessiveness. Mm -hmm. They're all connected by this pursuit. It's, it's, yeah, it's really interesting to think about. It's really interesting to watch. <laughs> I think my ultimate, like, one line thing about Crash could be, I don't get any, I don't get it, but I'm interested by it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, right. I, listen, guys, you do you, I don't get it, but I'm interested by watching <laughs> whatever this is, because this is so out of the norm, and it's fascinating to me. But, like, yeah, I just think it's, I, again, I, every time I watch it, I'm fascinated. I find new stuff. I feel like, and just to new stuff to take away. This time, I think because I saw Crimes of the Future, you know, uh-huh. kind of recently, there's a line that I think Vaughn says. It, the, the, it's basically the quote is, um, it's made the reshaping of the human body by modern technology. Yes. Yeah. Which is definitely like a Cronenberg theme. It is. And he's carried it through many things. And I was like, oh, this yes. is just like Crimes of the Future. Like that's, yeah. But you know what's great <laughs> uh-huh. is that later in the film, when asked about it again, Vaughn says, oh, that's just what I tell people. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's like this 
I forgot about that. Yeah. Like basic his- sci-fi thing, but that's yeah. a nod. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, everybody knows that this is a theme that Cronenberg has been exploring in various works over the years. So it's kind of a cool moment for him to address that. And then for a character in the film to dismiss it. Yeah. I forgot about the dismissing later. What is he, do you remember what he says when he like dismisses it? What the real thing? Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't be on the spot. (laughs) No, Vaughn spouts this whole, like, what I think that's, I think it's at that point he talks about, um, that fertilizing but Incident. there's more that he yeah. says about it i think i have it in my notes somewhere sorry to put you on the spot yeah I, it was no, funny they wrote that note no. down about the reach i was like oh great and then he, later he goes i just say that as like a one sci-fi thing like damn it i was like I, yeah i had this great thing and then he changed it um yeah that's the point where he talks about the fertilizing rather than a destructive event he talks about it as being a benevolent psychopathology a liberation of sexual energy uh-huh. a lot of you know <laughs> a lot of words like yeah big words uh so a lot of big, <laughs> lot of big big concepts there Vaughn. <laughs> and and maybe he believes that mm-hmm. maybe all of that philosophizing is true maybe it just gets him off i mean yeah that well, there's one thing i gotta say i gotta go back okay. to that um <laughs> the Vaughn Ballard sex scene. Folks, I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm going to say it. Do not let anyone put their dirty mouth and their dirty fingers on a fresh tattoo. (laughs) This is the one thing in this film that to this day, I, I cringe every time. That is like a surefire way to end up with an infection, folks. Don't let people lick your <laughs> your fresh tattoo. It's a wound. But they, I mean, they, I think they like wounds. You think they? Even they care? do. I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, just as you're just like as a I don't. Public I don't care effort. about people having sex. All, all of the sex <laughs> in this film, like I'm cool. Like it's fine. But you're like, hey, keep like, the tattoos clean. It. But please don't lick the tattoo, the fresh mm-hmm. tattoo. That just drives me crazy. It's a good note. Okay. Okay. I had to just. It's good. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any tattoos. But if I ever did, I'd be like, "Hey, don't lick that. Uh, leave me alone, James Spader." Yes. Uh, don't so... lick my. You cannot lick my fresh tattoo. I'm sorry. Oh boy. So I. <laughs> um. Should we get? Should we get to the James Spader, uh, Rosanna Arquette? Oh sexy? yeah. The one that the one that I read caused most of the walkouts at con. <laughs> that because I'm like Jesus Christ, they said through all this, and this is where they drew the line. Like, I mean, I get yeah, it is we haven't like, even we haven't talked about Rosanna Arquette at all. So yes, we need to do. She's, she's like, I don't know, like she takes like another level. I feel like she's on a like it's like everybody meet takes up a notch. I feel like I mean she yeah she's got this whole like corset made and this leg brace and this like pretty rough leg wound on the back of her leg that I it's very vaginal I don't also say it it's like especially in the context of this movie and where yeah. I mean yeah and she I mean they just like go on fucking with people I feel like because her and James Spader go to that car dealership it's like a very <laughs> fancy a scene. <laughs> it's a great scene like a BMW or somewhere fa- Mercedes somewhere fancy and like she tr- wants to get in the car she's rubbing up against the car the sales oh, guy yeah, she's is- kind of half bent over the <laughs> car you know kind of 
leaning on the headrest, you know, with her legs, you know, because she's in these braces um, and her mobility is compromised, you know, she's, she's got a limited range of motion. So she's kind of got her legs spread as she's bent over this car and the, <laughs> and the salesman comes up and is like, you see anything you're interested in? And, <laughs> and she, she says she wants him to help her in that car. And it's like, you know, he's like having to put hands on her and, and she's, she's got her hand on James Spader's crotch. It is <laughs> middle of this is, car dealership. He, and is this, and now I'm thinking about this, is this one of the one rare times we see this group interact with, I mean, quote unquote, a normal person outside their circle? The civilian. With a civilian? <laughs> yeah. Because then you see how weird it is because like they're rubbing up on cars and then like this other person comes in there, he's trying to help her, but it's like kind of awkward and she gets like part of her leg brace stuck on the, seat cover and then that's kind of sexual i feel everything's just very sexual yeah she's rubbing jay sater's crotch and like this is one of the rare times they interact with somebody who's not part of their little group and they're as awkward as me or most people would be i would think i feel like i don't know what to do here (laughs) ma'am yeah because the customer is always right right but i'm pretty sure the customer is gonna give this guy a hand job in front of me yeah yeah, like that's that's the look that the <laughs> the salesperson has on his yeah. face. Like, I don't want to lose this sale if there's a sale to be had, and right. I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen here. But I also <laughs> don't think I should be watching this. Yeah, but also I'm kind of freaked out. It's one of yeah. the. I mean, I think there's a lot of comedy in Crash, but I feel like it's kind of a comedic type yeah. moment. It's a comedic just, moment. Yeah, and then and then yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Oh boy. And then James Spader as Ballard and Roseanne Arquette as Gabrielle have a sex scene in a car and her car has been, it's been modified so that she can drive it. Right. So there's (laughs) extra gears and levers. And yeah, that whole scene. So it takes the mechanics of trying to have sex in a cramped car. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's heightened by the fact that the car is modified to help her to be able to drive it with her, her physical limitations. And she's got the stiff braces up and down her legs that, you know, her mobility is affected. So it's like, yeah, there's a lot of like grunting and like struggling. And- yes. You know, and trying to him and him pulling her limbs up and, and, and ripping fishnet stockings so that he can hump the scar on her leg. You did that very well. Uh, like, I would be described this. Yeah, I mean, I, it's crazy. Like, you know, I'm reading people describe it. If you tell somebody, yeah, this movie where James Bader basically has sex with her leg wounds, and you're like, what? What is this movie? <laughs> like, um, it's crazy. And then that's, I was reading, that's where like most of the, yeah, the walkouts at Con were like on that scene. I'm like, wow, they made it pretty far. And they were just like, I can't take any more of this. I can't take any more. It's, I mean, it is crazy when you really think about it. I almost feel like I didn't quite process that the first time. I think mm. I thought something... I think I thought it was just normal. And then I was, oh no, he's going after the leg. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, that's what's going on. Um, 
I mean, I mean, I do appreciate movies have shown me things I've never seen before. So it's like, you know, on that level, it's and they don't it doesn't show. I mean, some is left to the imagination. It's not as graphic as yeah, I think. It, we're no, making it. you don't you don't see any <laughs> penetration or it's yeah. not you don't see it's any not super graphic as that reporter. I think Khan brought up to James Spader or Cronenberg. You don't see any male genitalia. Right. That clip that went around where James Spader was like, well, because. If you're having sex, then I mean, it's like... it is a shame, <laughs> but fine. I feel well, like and, it's and become. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this: like, this is what I love about this film, and this is what I love about Cronenberg. And I just, I can nerd out on this stuff all night long. I won't do that <laughs> to you because it's late where you are. But like, think about like again, sex. We take for granted that certain body parts are at play. That right. certain organs are sexual organs. And some of that is probably instinctual and some of that, you know, the biological imperative, some of that is societal. We've been taught that this is, this is where things go and how they're supposed to be used, <laughs> uh-huh. but says who? Anything I mean, can be sexual if it turns you on. This is true. That's why I feel like right? there is a kink for everybody. That's why the car crash right. thing is pretty extreme, but I, I'm sure there are people out there who are. Yeah. Like the people in there's, Crash. There's lots of erogenous zones on our bodies outside of the yeah. The sexual <laughs> organs, like that we're that we think of as sexual. Like right. so is it really so crazy? I mean you didn't I, think I was gonna <laughs> you didn't expect it. It's a rhetorical question, my friend. I don't know. Oh, okay. I expect you to answer that. <laughs> Been doing pretty good so far. But I was th- this is not a soccer it, right? Yeah. Um, is it? Is it that crazy? No, no. It's real. I mean, to have sex with a scar. Maybe it's not. I. You know. I. <laughs> is it any more crazy than the other places we put things? I mean, I don't want to kink shame anybody. I don't. No. <laughs> it's like you know. So it's, I'm, I'm just saying. I, you, you know, you have a point. Uh, like, <laughs> don't know. Oh boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've gotten redder since this. I want to look at the camera. Oh dear God! Uh, this <laughs> faithful film feast listeners cannot see video of Matt during this conversation, but he thing. has become progressively rosier in the cheeks. Yes, as this it's, conversation it's hot in this room. That's the problem. Uh, you know, it's like that's what hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, <laughs> as I said earlier, raised by pilgrims. Uh, didn't talk about sex for a long time. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, really anybody can do anything and it can be their thing sexually. That's, we were at that point now where like, I'd be shocked to find out there wasn't like, I, I don't know what you could tell me. They'd be like, Oh, someone's into this. I feel like I right. heard everything, you know, it's like, right. yeah. yeah, I think at this point it's like, like I can hear someone talk about their thing the thing that does it for them and i can say like yeah that doesn't do it for me but (laughs) not be totally shocked that it does it for somebody right right yeah yeah that's you know and i i think our awareness of that the awareness of that is way more mainstream than oh yeah previously that's probably a lot of the internet's doing i would say like it is uh, yeah like well and and i think too it's interesting to watch crash now in the internet age and with the proliferation of 
uh, porn sites, both professional and amateur <laughs> and, and how much porn people watch because you can just like watch it on your phone. It's so readily available. It's bananas. It was like you, yeah. people had to like and, wait for it. Or, I mean, it's, it's gone from like, I've got, you got to go see it in a theater with other people right? to see it at home. Maybe you have a tape or two to like, maybe I'll catch it on cable to right? like, now it's literally on your phone at all times, wherever you go. It's like yeah. bananas. I'm scared for kids these days who just have been <laughs> like, it's so easy to be like, oh, cool. I could just pull and up. And there's any, this thing about, yeah. about stimulus, right? Like, mm -hmm. and, and this gets talked about when you talk about porn, but this is true of a lot of different things. Like, like you get a thrill from something, but after you know, if you keep going, drawing back from the well at that one, from that one particular stimulus, eventually it loses its potency. Right. They always show people like you, people keep escalating their thing. Yes, it's, you need yeah. more. <laughs> it, it needs to be, you need more stimulus, mm -hmm. something more extreme, something different. And you have to keep upping the ante to get, to reach the same level of excitement or thrill or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and that's interesting to think about in the context of crash. That's what I kind of always felt like crash was saying an extreme version of people who've just on well, this kind of not pre-internet, but pre-internet and it's like infancy in 96. So it's like mm -hmm. people who just done so much other stuff that they have to like go to this such extreme measure to like get off at a point. It's like, right. and now I feel like that is the thing you hear all the time. People on the internet is like, that they've watch so much porn or they keep watching crazier and crazier porn right. it's like um and these people have like just we've done everything oh i can't it's like car crashes that'll be <laughs> like because yeah they seem i would so, love like, to hear from somebody younger mm -hmm. you know maybe someone in their 20s who's grown up with the internet <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like someone yeah. someone in their in like their you know mid to late 20s now who's had yeah. internet pretty much their whole lives, like how they would take this film the first time. I would be very curious. You know? I, think it, I think it would still shock. I don't think it has lost its like ability to be provocative, you know? I but hope I, not. I can't imagine it ever, like if forever at the point where like that whole leg wound scene is like not, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> then we're really, we're all in trouble. Um, I don't know. I don't think it would. I mean, I think it's still, again, picking such an extreme thing was a smart choice because, you know, it's, it's so out there that it's like, it, I don't think it'll ever be like, oh, that boring car sex. We were all past that now. Like what it would, it's like, <laughs> I don't even know what could be past that. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, someone yeah. will come up with something. I uh, somebody you. will one day, but I don't know. <laughs> but, um, I mean, yeah, the movie it's, it's so funny because it's it's definitely different, I would say. But again, I find it like endlessly fascinating and it's super memorable. I have never forgotten. I've got a little parts. Like I said, I was like, oh, I forgot this happened. But like sure. most of it has stuck with me since I saw it like 20 years ago and like just burned into my brain. <laughs> and like, yeah. um, it's every time I watch it, it's still very fascinating. <laughs> and like, I yeah. still don't Provocative know. Provocative is the right word. And like a lot of times when you throw that word around, people think like, I don't know, they attach a certain connotation to it. Right. But, but this film is provocative 
like it provokes reaction, it provokes emotion, it provokes thought. It's it's provoking. Right. And conversation. Just, I feel like it really Yeah, absolutely. Like, if you've met anybody who's seen this movie too, you're like, oh, you've seen Crash? And it's like, wasn't this crazy? And like, but it's a movie I felt like I didn't bring up to anybody because for a long time, because I'm like, just like I watch this weird car crash sex movie. I can't talk about it. Like it was like, I can't tell anyone I've seen this. This will not be spoken of. Um, I still feel like I don't even know it exists. I don't, I feel like um it is weirdly, I think, still hard to see. I think it's like not yeah. easily available on streaming, which is kind of a bummer. Um, there was a kind of a crappy DVD I had for a while that I think went out of print. And now luckily it has yeah. the criteria. It's crazy it has a criteria anymore, I think about like, but uh God bless I'm pointing out this movie. And um it has the arrow 4K. So it's got good releases, but it's still like you but, but it, that's fairly recent. Those are very recent. Those are like the past year, right? Those are like yes. yeah. yeah. It's but it's of course a movie that's never gonna be played on like basic cable ever. You couldn't show no it'd be <laughs> 20 minutes long and it'd be like, oh, it's there'd over. There'd be no point. There'd, there'd be, be no, no point yeah. because yeah. <sighs> this is not a film where you could edit out the sex scenes to make oh, it, yeah. it fit with <laughs> network programming. That that's not going to work. It just wouldn't make sense. And it's like, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if streaming channels would want to pick it up. I feel like if the Netflix would be like, I don't know. They're so mainstream. Uh, yeah, I'd be curious because this this film was very divisive when it came out. Like, I know, like in the UK, they wanted to ban it. Like, oh yeah, outright ban it. Like, <laughs> yeah, not just censor. They just wanted it gone. Yeah, they were like, right. This like, there thing. was people had some very strong reactions to this, and I, I think. I think maybe too, like nowadays you can have your HBO subscription and see Game of Thrones and there's, there's breasts and, and, and butt cheeks and, you know, there's, they there's show, a they lot show, of, I think just that they can yeah. show penis now. It's like that, yeah, that was like, um, you could not show sex, a penis a for of, like the longest time. And now I feel like they're, they're past that. They're like, show whatever, but, but it, yes, the sex and the themes around sexuality and like and the fact that it's like so existential right in this film i think still makes it hard for some people even if they're now kind of desensitized to seeing body parts and sex acts on you know premium (laughs) premium cable (laughs) channels i think because of the themes that this is exploring because of those that clinical language and the the relationship between the characters in this and how that affects the way the sex plays out and the meaning behind the sex acts. Like, I think it would still be, probably there's still some folks from a business standpoint that would be a little <laughs> scared. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think yeah, NC seventeen stuff. I feel like still scares people a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think they got past it uh, for the most part, but um, yeah. I mean, we, I, it's funny we have read like how divisive this was because I like. I mean, I was again, I was too young when it came out, but I remember years later stuff about the controversy, and I know what con. I feel like everything's a fucking controversy at con and there's like walkouts and standing ovations and <laughs> right. just a big thing at your con. There was somebody that walked out on or got a 10 minute standing ovation. So or much drama. So, so dramatic. much drama at con. Jesus. It's like, it's like they, but, but this one was interesting because this was awarded a special jury prize. Have you read about this? Like uh-huh. it didn't win the Palm d'Or. It won a special jury prize for being 
they even had it labeled like for being audacious, daring, and something else. Um, and like Francis Ford Coppola, I think, was the like chair of this little group, like the the head of this little committee that voted. And I think I read that he really hated it. <laughs> like he really. And the people on the the rest of the people on the committee, which I'm surprised by, because it didn't seem like a prudish type of guy. But um, I don't know what he objected to. But the the rest of the panel, whoever voted, was like, "We need to give this something." And I think he like begrudgingly had to give them the awards. <laughs> what I read, then there was another thing that made it kind of sound like he was okay. I don't know. It was weird. But like, there definitely was some devices among that panel who was like, "We got to give it an award." And then people were like, "We hate this. We don't give it an award." There was booing. There was walkouts. Like, right. um, it's crazy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there was like fighting the aisles i don't know what's going on but they they make it sure. sound so well, dramatic I, yeah you know i think and we touched on this earlier in our discussion that this this film doesn't take a moral stance yeah and i think that in and of itself makes some people uncomfortable i would agree yeah i think that kind of like, like if if you see sex if you see violence if you see these you know any kind of behaviors that society deems to be bad. You can show them up to a point you can, you can, it's easier to get away with showing those things on screen. If you have like the moralizing moment at the end. Right. <laughs> you know, or like if there's some kind of retribution from... <laughs> or, yeah. or a redemptive moment where the, you know, your character realizes the error of their ways or you know whatever <laughs> like if james Spader was like i forsake this life I've exactly <laughs> like, like you know i'm yes. not gonna be yeah <laughs> or, or if you were to die at the end and have some kind of you know right whatever moment. yeah yeah i think sometimes <laughs> yeah. some people i think for some people it's 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 uncomfortable it's uncomfortable in part because it, this doesn't take a stance. It doesn't tell you how you're supposed to feel about it. It doesn't tell you this is wrong. Yeah. It just is. <laughs> and then people have to grapple with how that makes them feel. <laughs> and that can be uncomfortable. That, yeah, no, that definitely can be. And that's, how I guess. How do you feel what, about the end? I was about to ask you about the end. Cause I don't okay. really understand. <laughs> like I, so, uh, Deborah Kerr Unger and James Spader are both, out driving right and then she they've they've claimed vaughn's vehicle right after okay. vaughn dies yeah and the guy's like why do you want this it's completely totaled it's like <laughs> just leave us alone um but she gets into <laughs> that to a looks like a bad car wreck but yeah. she seems to be thrown from the car and james spader sees it and comes down to her well, he, lane i mean he chased her down that's what, okay. See, I'm remembering this wrong. So yeah, like he chased her down. She has the car crash. But then what is somebody I read was like, focus on the last lines he said. Yes. So does he say like, what does he say exactly? You're the next one? Oh, it's genius. It's genius. Okay. <laughs> My so, terrible memory is not helping right now. So go ahead. Yeah. So so he, he chases her mm -hmm. in the car, but it's like playful. Yeah. Like, this is like their foreplay. They're, they're <laughs> in on, again, this is the foreplay. Yeah. When he goes down to see how she is, she's lying on the embankment, kind of half out of the car, and right. her clothes is all disheveled. And she's got a little cut, but she otherwise looks like she's probably okay. Fine. And he yeah. asks her, are you okay? And she says, and she says, yeah, I'm okay. I think I'm all right. And he says, maybe the next one, darling. Maybe the next one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, 
that's a callback to what she says to him when they're talking about whether or not the woman he had sex with had come. And she uh-huh. said, maybe the next one. Cause that's the goal, right? The orgasm is the goal. Right. Uh-huh. For them, the fact that she came out of this crash with no serious injuries is like having sex without the orgasm. Ah, okay. <laughs> she says, I think I'm all right. I think I'm okay. Like, I have no injuries. He says, maybe the next one. Maybe in the next crash. Yeah. And she seems disappointed, I would say. Yes. <laughs> like, that she's only minor, minor. Because they're from... fully bought in. Right. To this <laughs> sexuality. Centered around the car crash. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for explaining it better the than hope I could. Is that the I... next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'll be more seriously injured. Cause they get off on that. Right. This is where the point I completely, I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with you people? But no, I <laughs> like, I think it's such an extreme level that it's like, I, I possibly can't like, I'm looking at it from like, I know the movie's like such a fun movie to like observe for me because I'm watching yeah. what amounts to me is like watching like aliens because these people are so far removed from like anything I would ever do or you know think to do and I'm like just so fascinated by them like watching them I'm like these people are on a whole different <laughs> level they're on a whole different <laughs> planet than me um but I'm fascinated by it like I don't get it at all but I'm completely like invested in like this whatever they're doing like uh you know it's to me like to me it is crazy but i'm like so it's fascinating fascinating it's enthralling it's it's, yes it's very enthralling that's why like then people are like oh they're cold or whatever but i'm like this is so interesting because when have you ever seen anything like this (laughs) you know it's like this is so out of left field and so different i just i'm surprised anybody was like eh like i I don't know how you could be like a shoulder shrug about this movie because it seems like a very like you either think it's like fascinating or you love it or you hate it. You think it's like horrible and right. You know, but yeah, I can't imagine it's, it would be hard to be neutral. <laughs> right. About I, this film. Crazy to me. If someone's like, eh, I'm like what? what I mean, just... I'm sure somebody is. I mean, oh, I'm sure I'll go on letterbox you know. and find a bunch of like two and a half like reviews who were like, eh, it was all right. Like what? Like didn't, yeah, didn't care just, one way or the other. I love it. I think it's fascinating. I think, And I think because of how masterfully Cronenberg tells this story Mm -hmm. and, and the very smart idea he had to adapt this book. And it's a, a fabulous book. So again, I'll reiterate, I think people should read it, check it out. If you like the movie, definitely go and and track down Ballard's book, but it's, it can be a film that a person watches and is just marveling at the psychology of these people, something so completely foreign, you know, like so completely yeah. outside of the realm of your own personal experience. That's me. Yeah. That's like, like that can be the fascination and, and trying to wrap your mind around the how and the why, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think like for myself, 
I have, you know, I've had some dark periods in my history, some really self-destructive behavior in my past. And, and this, and in this film, I can kind of connect with that aspect of what they're doing. Like when a person has like really self-destructive tendencies mm-hmm. <laughs> that aren't, that aren't even necessarily sexual at all, but just when you like engage in behaviors that like you could really hurt yourself <laughs> or hurt other people. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and like to, to step back and watch that in, in someone else it can be really an interesting thing. And that's something that definitely is at play here. Um, right. Cause you remember, you're like, Oh, this is very dangerous. Like I said, you almost forget how dangerous it is until yeah someone dies you're like oh right this is very dangerous and right well and and they and that's that's a big part of the attraction here if they were just doing the car crash reenactments in the parking lot Mm -hmm. it it would still be pretty i mean it could still be pretty dangerous but it, it it's more controlled right like you could put some protocols and some controls in place to, so some people don't get seriously hurt, but that's not where the thrill is here for Vaughn and Ballard and this group of people. Right. They don't, they don't want to just crash the cars in a controlled environment. (laughs) They want to experience the out of control like violence of a collision right and the unpredictability of the collision like that's that's part of the allure for them even though it's wildly dangerous (laughs) that's that's and that's part of what they enjoy about it yeah it's again i'm fascinated i don't get it but i like i'm like (laughs) You guys do you. Uh, <laughs> um, I do want to read because I uh, I remembered one thing I read about Crash like years ago. I think when I first saw it was uh-huh. Roger Ebert's review, and he actually really liked it. He gave it like three and a half out of four stars. Um, and this was like I remember this stuck, the quote was stuck in my head for years. Um, I'll read kind of the whole little part, but like yeah. Crash is about characters entranced by a sexual fetish that in fact no one has, although we think maybe someone has it, but it's in theory no one probably is doing it. But yeah. Cronenberg has made a movie that is pornographic in form, but not in result. Take out the cars, the scars, the crutches, scabs, and wounds, and substitute the usual props of sex films. You'd have a porno movie, but Crash is anything but pornographic. It's about the human mind, about the way we grow enslaved by the particular things that turn us on and forgive ourselves our trespasses. <laughs> so, yeah, the fact nice. that he was like saying it's pornographic in form but not in results. It's like, yes, because it has so much sex in it, but it's not, I I don't want to say it's not sexy, but it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is, this is the thing about pornography, right? That people find it very difficult to define. Oh, right. The, what what's is the, pornography? What I know when I see it, that quote. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, but if we wanted to give it a definition, like, like material, sexual material that like is intended solely for the purpose of arousal. Right. Like this isn't that. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are erotic scenes. (laughs) There's a lot of, of sex acts taking place in this film and sexual themes that are explored. 
but it's it's a metaphor for other things. It's a way of exploring other aspects of the human experience. It's about the psychology, not so much about being something that's arousing to the viewer. It's more about getting the viewer thinking. Right, right. To kind you of know? under try to understand their psychology. Yeah. Cause yeah. I feel, I think for the longest time I kind of boiled it down to like, this is kind of a movie about people who are by all accounts, kind of like dead inside trying to feel alive again. Right. Yes. <laughs> like who were just trying, and it's such an extreme spark that makes them feel alive again, but it's like, well, they feel alive again. So that guess it worked like, but it took something so drastic. Like some people just need to have like a, a wake up call. That's like, Oh, I, I don't know. I almost got hit by a car, you know, like I, and I'm, I had a wake up call, like, Oh, I should do this. Or, you know, I should lose weight because this happened and I got scared and they have these like, my, this is right. such a extreme you know, case of like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's fascinating. I, and you mentioned earlier about how the sex scenes all have a purpose. I, they really do. I think like every sex scene, like I was saying this earlier leads because I, once I hadn't even thought about like someone mentioned about when James Spader and Holly Hunter have sex in the car and it's very like passionate or ripping clothes off and it's like you know but then he goes and has sex with his wife and like they point out it's not as passionate because she has not had her car crash incident yet but right he kind of has to make her or she has to have her like car crash incident to make her kind of part of the group and then their sex gets more passionate you know when right and then or they're the one that they're talking about vaughn and that leads to the sex scene with vaughn and that leads to some stuff Vaughn does because he kind of reacts in a different way like everything leads to something else or has something to say about what's going on which it so they're not just there to like be sex scenes it's Italy it's like it's definitely not that I uh I was thinking also these actors were all very brave because they had to do some wild stuff and like really trust David Cronenberg this is like a real case of trust your director because yeah well is, and in interviews Cronenberg has talked about like all the actors involved here they were there because they wanted to be like, there was no one that worked on yeah. this project that they had to like twist their arm or beg or try and convince them. Like everybody signed on because they were interested in this story mm -hmm. and in portraying these characters and having the experience of making this film, working with Cronenberg and with each other. And, and that's absolutely necessary. Yeah. They, I mean, you got to be all in. I think you yeah. can't be like half-heartedly in this movie because you got to just no. You got to buy in. Uh, and yeah, it's funny because I feel like they're all good. I would still say like Spader and Elias Coteus is like the secret stealthy MVP. I feel yeah, because like, he he's is. just yeah. David Kerr Unger gets more interesting every time I watch it because I think she's doing all this like subtle stuff where you're kind of like not sure how she feels about certain things I agree. and. And, you know, every time I'm like, what is she thinking right now? I can never, I can't, I don't know. She's very mysterious to me, that woman, for some reason. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like, so, so strikingly beautiful. And then, like, has this mis mystery element to her where I'm like, I can't figure you out. You seem very, like, what's going on in there? <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Like, she's just tough to crack. And it's like, and Holly Hunter's interesting, too. I don't, I don't think of her in this way. I think of her in, like, Raising Arizona, sure, or the voice this of the incredible. This is very different from, <laughs> it's very from different. Some of her other roles, some yeah, some of the, the the roles that she's most known for. Yeah. But she's great in this. She is. She has to do some wild stuff too, and like be kind she of does. a little bit of a weirdo. And yeah, well, like and she's a doctor. 
Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. She's a doctor. Everyone, uh, the, the clinical thing. So I, I kind of started this out early and I forgot. Like with Cronenberg, so I didn't think I liked Cronenberg for a long time because I had mm. seen like this and Scanners. And I'm like, that guy's not for me because he's very like cold and clinical and his movies keep you at arm's length. And I didn't like that because I don't, I don't usually like that kind of thing, I feel like. But then I saw more of his movies and I was like, oh, I started off with like the wrong ones. I still don't like Scanners that much. But I do like Crash, but Crash obviously just took me a long time to like come around to. Right. It's like, I don't think it should be anybody's starter Cronenberg movie. I don't think it's like a good one to see some other Cronenbergs and come back to Crash, I think. But like, then I saw like Fly and Videodrome and I was like, oh no, this guy's. So I like most of what I've seen from him, but like start off on totally the wrong foot with him, I think, because I just was like, this is not a guy I'm interested in. I just don't like his style, but now I really love him. So I don't know. It just really, it really flip-flopped because at first I was like, Yay. I'm not a Cronenberg guy. No, I came around after a while. I just. <laughs> well, like, and uh, here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, everybody has what they're into film wise. And if someone isn't into Cronenberg, like, like I get it. He's got <laughs> a particular style a way that he likes to tell stories and the types of stories he's interested in telling is not for everybody. Yeah, no. <laughs> I live for this shit, but <laughs> I can completely understand yeah. that it's it's just not going to do it for everybody. It's it's funny that I even like as much too because I I think I get very what's the word like paranoid about mm. how fragile my body is and all Cronenberg movies remind me of like how <laughs> How, like easily you know you can just get fucked up and I feel like the way he shows it is so visceral that it's like ah it's just like I'm just a human blood sack like it's just you know, like, but this is what we do right like like why do we watch horror films I mean yeah to be scared it's part and, of how we confront yeah. that the our mortality and the things that scare us and our frailties and our weaknesses mm -hmm. and our vulnerabilities, like horror is one of those great places where we can explore that safely. You know what I mean? Right, you have right. that moment of being scared and you face your fears. And I, and I think that's an element of this with Cronenberg. It's like, yeah, there's something about facing up to the fact that we're just, <laughs> we're walking around in these meat suits that break down and we don't even know how that really how they work. Right. <laughs> and there's all this stuff that can go wrong and we're trapped in these bodies and we have to make use of them until we finally sh shuffle off this mortal coil. <laughs> <sighs> or until we can do body modifications, like in like crimes, the future. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, I'm still, I think it's, most of those movies actually kind of are, I almost approach like crash where it's like a, like a little bit of a distance, but it's a fascination where yeah. like, I don't know, it's just endlessly fascinating. And I think rewards like multiple viewings, most of his stuff. Cause I feel like it all kind of usually gets better after the first one, you start digging a little deeper, but, um, but I, I don't want to cut you off soon. Do you have anything else you want to say about crash where I want to do top three Cronenbergs, but I don't want to like, push you off crash too soon if you have more to oh, say oh no i mean friends <laughs> i could nerd out on this all night long i think we <laughs> i i think we managed to 
to cover all of the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the important points. points, the big, yeah. the big topics. I managed to ask <laughs> you some embarrassing questions. And <laughs> you were, you took it very easy on me though. That could have been, you could have been a lot, like asked a lot more personal questions. I appreciate it. That was yeah. not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I, I thought it'd be See? very, yeah. <laughs> be very awkward, but no, and I don't want, this is like a cop out, but I think it's a movie people need to actually see for themselves. They're interesting. I don't think. Yes. That was so funny. Cause I was joking with you before we started, like, I thought the hard part would be talking about the sexuality, but then I was watching the movie. And I think just talking about the movie itself is the, the tough part because it's hard to describe because so much of it is like, you just got to see how the people act and how they react to things and how things go. And obviously it's a lot of sex scenes we can tell you about, but you have to like see those, you know. Yeah, the nuances, for, the look on someone's yeah, face. The way people act like the, in the yes, moment. The way they act, the, the tone of voice, the inflection in a voice. Right. There's just so many nuances that are, it's masterful. <laughs> it's a so movie definitely with, yeah. Go out and watch this movie, folks. <laughs> if you can find it. I think it's, it's uh, there is a criterion still going on right now. It'd be cheap. See, you can get off. it for sale. <laughs> if you don't like it, it you can sell it. Every penny. <laughs> Trust yeah. me on this. It's, I know it would be, it's a, a movie that it's kind of tough to recommend though, because I know it will not be for everybody. It People that even I know appreciate movies a lot, and the film lovers will be like, "I there's a part don't of need me to see that, this again. <laughs> I don't need to." There's you a know. part of me that loves recommending films like this to people because I I want to challenge them a little bit. Like I want you to squirm a little bit. It's understandable, <laughs> especially because like this is not the purpose of this film is not to be shocking just for the sake of shock value. Right. There's some real ideas here. He's really exploring something here. I agree. And That's I, yeah. The I want, I, I really want people to have that experience of, okay, fine. If it shocks you the first time, fine. But you're, there is some, there's something more going on here. And I would love for everyone to experience it. So part of me is just like, yeah, everyone should see Crash. <laughs> and at the yeah. same time, the other part of me is like, but some of y'all are really going to hate this movie. <laughs> right. There's just no way around that. That's just, that's just true. Um, I think the premise is so attention grabbing and so yes. like titillating sound. You're so like attention that, but there's so much more going on than just sex and car crash. I think that's a funny because I was looking at the DVD cover. I was trying to find like, I think an image to post with the episode. And it was like, um, the DVD cover just had a poll quote from a critic that just said, dot, 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 sex and car crashes. I'm like, what? That doesn't, it's like, yes, those things happen in the movie, but it's such a like massive a, oversimplification. Right. It's a massive oversimplification. Like, I know that's the easy quick sell, but it's like, there's a lot of stuff going on here that's beyond that. And it's very interesting to me. I don't know. Everybody would like it, but still, uh, you know, it's, I, I'm glad we talked about it because I me did. Me too. I, you know, I had it in my listings talk about, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, but, and then, and then you really want to do it. And I was like, okay, let's do crash. <laughs> and then I practically held a gun to your head. <laughs> That's how most of these shows get made. I feel like people just strong arm me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's like people, let's do this. I'm like, okay, no, I, but I was I a little over enthusiastic. That's okay. It's fine. I mean, I had it, that. I had it in my list, so it's not, yeah. <laughs> It's fine. You weren't, you were not that pushy about it. Well, I am so excited. grateful to you 
for being brave, Thank taking you. the plunge. Thank you. Yes. And making my dream come true. I'm glad I can do that. Talk that's what I'm here this for. Movie. This, <laughs> that's what this podcast is all about, making dreams come true. It is. Uh, I'm glad. This, I know. This is my I mean, dream come true. This is exciting. People get to talk about movies that they love this much, you know? So I, I get it. Like, I, I totally understand. So I'm glad you guys talked about it. You did a great job. I feel like you carried this one. I just was here. But was oh, like, that's not true. Okay. Well, fair enough. But it's like, I still, had a, I had a good time. This was a great conversation, I think. So Yay. Um, I hope people see Crash and they can. Tell us on I Twitter. Hope so too. They maybe don't watch it with your families or parents or you know, watch it alone <laughs> at night. You know, I mean, unless you got cool parents. <laughs> really cool parents. Really like, cool parents. I don't know. Or, this... or 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 you know, I think half the time, even <laughs> like as a as an adult child, like I think that people can be they're uncomfortable about seeing stuff with their parents, maybe even more than their parents are uncomfortable watching it. <laughs> with them around you know what i mean oh maybe i don't know in my house it'd be both mutually mutually uncomfortable mutually uncomfortable it's so funny because <laughs> this was just a random thing so i i'd seen crash like say, two or three times before and then i watched it this time and i'd started watching it like friday night and then it was too late i was like i gotta finish this tomorrow and then i was watching crash like in the in the broad daylight and it felt wrong <laughs> This is like, are there some movies that you just need to watch at night? Like, I have never watched Crash in the daytime. And I was like, this is not a daytime kind of movie. This is a, this is a dead of night, you know, lock the doors kind of movie. Like, if anybody walks down and sees me watching this, I don't know how to explain what's happening. But um, this is why Skinamax and Red Shoe Diaries and all of the softcore stuff used to play at 2 a.m. in the morning. Just when Crash was playing, probably on some movie channel I saw <laughs> back in the day. Um, it was, oh boy. <laughs> oh, Cinemax. Anyway, uh, it's like you, you, you're saying Red Shoe Diaries. It's like, oh my God, I forgot that was a thing. Oh but, yeah, uh, Red Shoe Diaries is a thing. It's crazy that David Duchovny hosted that softcore porno yes. show on Cinemax yes. or Showtime, whatever channel it was. True People story, were like, kids. hearing this, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it really. I mean, happened. this is again, like, before you had shows, you know, on, on HBO where you would get tits and sex at nine o'clock at night, uh-huh. before you had pornography on a smartphone in your pocket that you take everywhere with you, like it used to be like, yeah, people had to watch something like red shoe diaries at two o'clock in the morning and it wasn't even hardcore is like softcore uh-huh. or you had to have the guts and the gumption to go into the restricted area of the video store go behind the curtain or the saloon door or whatever the setup was in your particular location to get dirty <laughs> movies that way like like they fun. kept them on the top shelf of my Hollywood video it was like all the oh yeah but it was still like <laughs> Cinemax type stuff it was still like right still soft soft yeah it, but you could see at the top you're like oh there it is so they're trying to keep it away from the kids. <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh man what a blast in the past things have changed so yeah, quickly it's another world these kids friends. know how easy they have it just to <laughs> grab their phone and find whatever they want oh and, boy and more than you bargained for oh I'm sure yeah I don't even it's, it's I love like, it when you need to Google something, you need to do an internet search on, on a topic and it, the combination of words 
is an unfortunate combination of words. Like you're not looking yeah. for something pornographic, but unfortunately. <laughs> but Google's like, like, I know exactly what you want. Or is too similar to something pornographic. Uh-huh. Google's <laughs> and, like, do you want to turn safe search on? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. That's, I wish I had examples. Feels. That just, <laughs> it happens. Um, <laughs> anyway, Crash is great. Uh, Crash, is, Crash is phenomenal. Uh, and should be watched only at night. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I say be adventurous. Have a cup of coffee and watch it in the morning. Why not? I mean, you could. Who can stop you? <laughs> Who can stop you? That's true. Nobody. But that's when you're watching last year at Marion Bad. And then. <laughs> And you have to wake up and watch that, and then later at yeah, night you watch yeah. that. Um, okay, okay. Oh, I don't even know. This that works. <laughs> I'm just saying nonsense now. <laughs> we should probably do our top three Cronenbergs before I just completely lose focus of what I'm doing. Yes. So, um, you can go first. You want to do three to one? I'm sure this is very tough for you. This is this is very difficult. And when I've tried to come up with this, like answering just like a question on Twitter or something, I've found it very painful <laughs> to try and. <laughs> and and order them oh yeah that's but you know what i've come to is that i love cronenberg and i keep re-watching these films and my relationship to each of the films changes over time and so whatever top three i give you today <laughs> i don't feel responsible for saying it's my top three next week next month next year <laughs> i can change my mind as many times as i want so today right my top three (laughs) (laughs) so i thought about putting crimes of the future in here oh wow okay but i've only seen it once i'm gonna buy it on digital and i'm probably gonna end up getting it on blu-ray too but i haven't rewatched it since i saw it in the theater so it seems a little silly I always have a hard time. Yeah, I can't like if I to just make saw that it a top three, even if I really liked one it viewing. Yeah, I can't like in something inside me will not allow me even if I really, really loved it. I'm like, I can't like I got to I got to analyze it a little more. Right. So also, I don't think I future, tell you it might be number three. That's OK. I, I don't like I tell you in, to your face, though, that I loved your film strip episode on Crimes oh, of the Future. Thank you. I think I said it somewhere else where you weren't around, but I was like, go listen. I think it was a pressing or something or something. And I was like, go listen to that episode. Uh, that really helped me because there was stuff I completely missed in Crimes of the Future. And I was like, oh, that's what was going on. <laughs> so um, clearly not an observant movie viewer, but uh, no, I. That means a, a lot, lot to me because that was daunting. Oh, well. having only seen it one time in the theater. It's tough. Not being able to take notes. Mm-hmm. like just watch it and then a few hours later sat down talk to talk about it. about it so I was a little I was a little scared <laughs> couldn't tell could not tell but I and I love the movie and I wanted to do it justice so thank you so much you're welcome so it it might end up being three down the line but for now I'm gonna say my number three is the fly okay mm-hmm my number two is Crash. My number one is Videodrome. This is very interesting because we have the same top three in a different order. <laughs> a slightly different order. Um, nice. This is so funny that we have the same top three. Because um, I thought my top three, I'm like, this is, this. I don't know if it's, I, I feel like there's a, he has a lot of good ones. But I oh, feel yeah. like my top two are pretty obvious. My number three is Crash, I would say. 
it, history of violence is very close for me. It almost, Oh, it's so good. Push out crash, but it's, it's, it's really good too. Um, so I'll say crash number three. Oh man. I feel like my one and two are more like a one, a one B situation, <laughs> but I will go, I will make a stand. I will say fly is number two and video drum is number one. So we have the same number one. <laughs> so video drum is amazing. Love video drum. It's so good. I was, I only saw it the first time a few years ago. I was, I think that's maybe a Cronenberg fan, honestly, because I was blown away by Videodrome. And I was like, oh no, I've been wrong about him this whole time. Like, I think this is a masterpiece. Like, I love that movie. Did you do an episode on Shock and Awe with Videodrome? And yes. Was he, what was and the pairing? Natural Born Killers. That, yes. I was, I was like, oh, this is a good pairing. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I, I want to do a Videodrome episode. We might need to wait. I want to, I don't want to crowd in people's spaces when they've done an episode on something, but like wait another year. Or so, <laughs> but like, um, but I love video drum. It's, I think it's, I feel like it's his whole thing in one movie. And I love, uh, you know, the message of, even though like the technology has changed video drum, I still feel like the, the essence of it is the same. Like it's all about tapes. Oh, and- it's video drum is in some regard, almost more relevant today even yes yes when it came out. there's like I'm, a prophetic quality to it it really i don't want to quote my own review on letterbox but i i kind of want to quote my own review on letterbox no do it because i i was proud of this one how do you find your own review on letterbox um i basically said like yeah if you swap out the 80s tech replace it with all the stuff we have today screens and everything still perfectly applicable the idea of the virtual world being more real than the real world seems more relevant now than it did at the time yeah um i said cronenberg's been ahead of his time i i'm proud of this one i said even casting james wood as a slimy bastard 35 years ago yes absolutely because <laughs> like, he's not supposed to be likable protagonist no I would say. he's not but, you know he's not um, a hero no not at all and like the movie i wrote yeah it's like it's so weird and hypnotic like i don't know it's talk about vibes it's like it, oh, it's i love it i love draws it I love you it. in I feel and like self-indulgent remember you, but I was like, I had to what I is, said. The Fly oh. is one of the greatest horror films ever made. It's, I, yeah. I, I think. And I <laughs> I don't think I'm going out on a limb on saying I don't that, think you're I, making too wild a statement. <laughs> yeah. No. But Videodrome, the effect that that movie has and the ideas that are at play, mm-hmm. it's just... Yeah, it's my favorite. I and I've I, gone yeah. I've gone back and forth with these sometimes and I swap I swap places and and if we were to talk like top 5, it gets really difficult because <laughs> yeah. I just I love Cronenberg's work and I'm still I'm still working my way to completing you know, doing like a full watch of his entire filmography, but I'm I'm getting closer and closer. Yeah, I feel like I still have some of the I hate to call them lesser Cronenbergs, but it's stuff like that people don't talk about as much, like M Butterfly and Spider yeah. and is it Megalopolis with Art Panson? Yeah. I and haven't seen that one yet. Either. The one about Freud and <laughs> Oh, I saw that. Dangerous game. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. And or Dangerous Method. Sorry. Dangerous Method. Yeah. Yeah. Um I feel like that might be it. Oh, I haven't seen oh, is it Rabbit or Shiver? I've seen Shivers, I've not seen Rabbit. I love Rabbit. Okay. <laughs> I love Rabbit. I think Rabbit would be my number four. 
Ow. Okay. All right. That helps you push the sea rabbits. I just, yeah. I really enjoy shivers too. Yeah. Those are great. (laughs) Highly recommend them. That. Okay. Yeah. So I have like those, I feel like those are like weirder, more out there movies like the ones people don't talk about as much i've seen all the ones yeah. people talk about well, you know they're earlier in his career the budgets are smaller yeah and then at the later so oh i haven't seen map for the stars which i think as everyone says is like maybe his worst movie i don't know like, i i haven't watched it either like <laughs> i'm almost yeah. scared to watch it <laughs> like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna yeah. do it i need to do it i'm going in <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to hang any expectations on it. And that yes, was, yeah. that was something about crimes of the future. The lead up to that, like <laughs> I was coming out of my skin. <laughs> I remember you were like, with anticipation, about, like, losing it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when like, I saw that trailer and, you know, I have a complicated relationship with trailers because like we've talked about, <laughs> like sometimes, you know, trailers are marketing and sometimes they market things in a way that's not representative of like what Solaris, you're actually going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was, you know, I was kind of scared and I was not disappointed. I loved it, but um, yeah. And it'd been a while since he had from the trailer, it did seem pretty obvious he was going to be touching on some of these themes that have come up in, in his previous work. And mm-hmm. I was really curious to see how he would address that stuff. Now, what, you know, how would he, how would he make a film that addresses those themes now? Um, and I was not, not disappointed, but I had, I did also know that some of those other more recent films that came before it, like Megapolis and, and the, the, the stars thing. <laughs> uh huh map to the stars the like reviews were not great right yeah 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 <laughs> um i'm gonna get around to him i will <laughs> even beyond critics i mean just people and fans of Cronenberg yeah. seem like they yeah, just yeah. weren't as into that stuff uh, I'm, eh. yeah i'm curious about what you think of naked lunch i just watched naked lunch for the first time <sighs> it- so i saw <laughs> naked lunch yeah. in bits and pieces mm-hmm. ages ago oh okay so my memory is very fuzzy. Oh, okay. I okay. need to, I need to, I need to rewatch it. It's been it, too long. Right now. It may be my least favorite I've seen. Yeah. Just so like I was into it at first and then the, uh, I, I don't want to be like the, the plot just gets so bananas. I just gave up on following. I literally just threw my hands up and said, I don't know what's happening. Like, there's yeah, some very yeah. cool stuff. I, I know the book, I mean, I'm not talking about like trying to film something. It's like an unfilmable book. And I tried to right. read Naked Lunch like a long time ago. Again, Burrows, I gave up. It's like, I can't do that. That's like, quite a task to try to adapt Burroughs writing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what he tried to do was clever, I think. But like, uh, I just was so, I didn't think it was like terrible. I just was like, my least favorite, because I'm just like, I don't even know what to make of this movie. There's some cool right. imagery. It's just, I couldn't believe it got so bonkers that I couldn't even make sense of it anymore. Usually it's like, oh, this is crazy. I love it. But I'm like, I don't even know what's happening. Like, I don't, I, I've been watching it. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, um, it's interesting, but I, I just, I think at one point it just lost me because it was so, it was so far out there that I couldn't even like 
wrap my head around it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'd love to hear your thoughts on when you watch that again. Like, yeah, um, I need to rewatch it. I need to re. It's been, yeah, like I said, it's been way too long and kind of one of those, like you catch bits and pieces at someone's house or something and like, you know, like not sit down to watch the whole thing from start to finish. Like, uh, yeah, I don't think it makes it make any more sense. Background, but... <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I need to revisit that. It's been too long for mm-hmm. me to take a stance. <laughs> Understandable. Um, well, this was a ton of fun. I don't know. I don't know what else to talk about. This was great. I love the way the same like so top much. three Cronenberg <laughs> in different order. Um, so much fun. I, I'm glad I, you got to do this. I, I can tell how much you enjoy talking about crafts. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, especially after we were just talking about like you had to do a podcast that was very entertaining. We get to watch movies that you don't like. So. <laughs> on moving the needle and it was i mean that was the whole gimmick was called the unwatchable oh yeah yeah and uh i just that was the thing yeah that was the whole thing and uh so i I, this probably a nice change of pace that's Uh, like oh i love talking movies period oh but there are certain films like when something means a lot to you something's a favorite and you've rewatched it a gazillion times there's and you have like a special relationship to a movie there's mm-hmm. something so magical about getting to discuss it with somebody. It's, it's very cool. This is why I like having a podcast. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Like, cause you know, like you can try to have these conversations out in the wild, but it's, but yeah. unless you have a captive audience, like <laughs> <laughs> you're going to lose some people you right. know, or they're going right. to be like, okay, Oh, carbon lead us here. We're going to go sit over there. Cause you're going to want to talk about crash again. Like that's, talk about the car crash sex movie i'm at here <laughs> um even if you have people in your life that like movies i feel like yeah. it's hard to find people that like want to have like really lengthy discussions about sure something specific or you know like it's tough yeah no i get it that's again movie podcast. or even just even when you have those people in your life but life gets in the way oh yeah yeah that's, you know, like there's only, you know, only so much time to get together, you know, people are busy and you don't have, it's not like when you're 20 years old and you can like sit around at the diner drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes and talking about movies until four o'clock in the morning. Like right. those days are gone, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm middle-aged. Oh. All my friends are middle-aged. They got kids. Like no one is, no one is sitting up in the living room. <laughs> chain smoking talking movies till 4 a.m like we this this just doesn't happen anymore gotta hang out with cooler people no i'm just like my friends are we're either we're in our 30s it's already done i i mean occasionally i have like a good it's usually my movies though like a good i miss yeah. a good like three or four in the morning conversation we're just talking like the tv's not on you're just like talking oh, and those then are it's the like, days and you don't even know what time it is like holy shit it's three in the morning <laughs> like we're talking about random stuff or it's it is great um but everyone gets so busy it's just you know it's like oh well that's you know? like that's why we have podcasts. So <laughs> this is, thank God I can just hold people hostage for a couple hours, talk about movies. Yeah. You don't need to go and reenact car crashes. Oh, we, yeah. Thrills. That's a good disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. You can yeah. start a podcast. Yeah. That or strong your... arm someone into asking you to come on their show and talk about a movie you like. <laughs> just take over a podcast <laughs> by force. That's Mark and Hayden do it all the time. No, I was kidding. <laughs> They, um, I feel like what was I was thinking about recently, where they were like, "Sorry, forced you to do this." I can't remember what it was, or they, uh, but yeah. Anyway, but I, I never forced well, you. You just, you just uh, at the time of our recording this, uh-huh. this this week's episode, so many hot takes. 
Did you finish that episode? Oh, I did. Okay. I mean, most of the hot takes were not from me, right? It's a great episode. Like anytime you you guys get together and just shoot the shit, (laughs) it's so much fun. We need to get that in our system. As a listener, I love to hear people talk who are having fun. I can tell they're enjoying the conversation on their end. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Well, thank you. We had a good time. sitting in a room with some friends. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And having those conversations, you know, so... (laughs) It's great. No. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, most of the hot takes were not for me, I would think. I think uh, I think I had to defend Brad Pitt and Seven pretty strongly. <laughs> that, I was shook. That uh, uh, People messaged me about that. I know uh, they were like, what? I was like, listen, I, I took a stance, I thought. I said, hang on a second. <laughs> like, my, my jaw dropped. I was gobsmacked. <laughs> He's entitled to his opinion. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to come down on him for it. <laughs> but I, I was not expecting that. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't was either. I did you could, not expect I, to hear. I hope you could tell how shocked I was in the episode. I was genuinely <laughs> I shocked. I was like, hang on, what? I was like, what are we doing? Um, you can direct all messages to Hayden. He's on Instagram, not Twitter. Right. So, <laughs> um, no, because I respect- he didn't listen to our episode about seven. I gotta tell him to go back and listen to it. Yeah, I know. Maybe he I was, needs to go back and listen to it. I think we can turn him around. I think so. That's one of my favorite episodes, I think, was on seven with you. That was I had like, so much fun on that episode with you. So yeah, I, I tried to defend Brad Pitt in seven. I was just so <laughs> gobsmacked. Like what? No, but I respect, I Hayden's great. I respect his opinions, but I think a lot of times, not a lot of times, but they sometimes they differ from mine. I just, I was like, listen, you can have that opinion, but I'm going to defend the other way. Sure. But, I mean, that's, uh, that's the way of the world, right? Like it we makes don't it more all like the same yeah. things. We're not all into the same things. Not all the same things move us different strokes for different folks. And that's all right. As long as you're not hurting anybody. Yeah. Cause I Which mean, you'd be born if we all really agree. is, is, I mean, kind of the, a theme that goes really well with crash as well. <laughs> it's true. Only run your friend's cars off the roads. If yes. They're... As long as you're not hurting anybody <laughs> who hasn't consented to participate, like, you know, yeah. you're entitled to, don't ram the car. Watch what you like. Bystander. Enjoy yeah. what you enjoy. <laughs> do your thing. Be you. I mean, as long as some, yeah, that's, I mean, Hayden is not, I, I just pick on Hayden, but a lot of people have come on here and had takes that I don't agree with, but like, no one's oh, ever sure. been a dick. No one's ever been a dick about it. No one's ever been like, no, if you don't agree, then no, fuck no, no. you. You know, it's like, so yeah. as long as that happens, it, it never needs to get personal. No, 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 absolutely not. So, um, oh, I, before we wrap up, I have to mention, I read the, or I read what happens in the novel. It's the ending of the uh-huh. novel. It's insane. Like if you think the movie's insane, the way is it who is it Vaughn? Who's the in the book? Is it the main character who um basically I don't even describe this because I was like, this movie's crazy. And then I read the ending <laughs> of the book, and the main character figures the only way he can climax is to ram the limousine of Elizabeth Taylor. Is that correct? Yes. So so here's the thing. <laughs> Okay. And and it what they didn't they didn't include this in the film and and it makes sense why in the book there's a lot of emphasis on Vaughn's obsession with with celebrities in car crashes mm-hmm. and and he has this fixation he has this ultimate his ultimate fantasy is to, is to get into a car crash with Elizabeth Taylor. Now this is 1973. Right, right. Elizabeth Taylor was um I mean she was a goddess 
right, of right. the screen. She's this major <laughs> sex symbol of the 50s and 60s. So it totally makes sense that like, if you're, if the thing that gets you aroused is car crashes, a car crash with Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> right. That's like next level sex, you yeah. know, like. <laughs> I was like, hey, if you're, that's the only way you can finish, then you have a problem. It's <laughs> like, you know, I've so got a in, T-bone this In the this book, limo. there's this whole thing. Like yeah. he's, he's working, Vaughn is working towards trying to get in a car crash with, he really wants to make it happen, have a car crash with Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> I mean, his ultimate I, yeah. desire is to get in a car crash with Elizabeth Taylor and die. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, when I read that, I was like, well, I see why they don't, they dropped that for the movie. But uh, <laughs> there's a short film, I don't know if it's on the criterion, that somebody tried to make in maybe the 70s or 80s based on the book. Mm. You watch this? Mm-hmm. Just like, okay, maybe it's only on the arrow thing. It's, there was a short film somebody made in 70s or 80s and they it's very low budget like it looks like a student film and it i mean it's interesting i didn't i kind of skimmed through it but like they do try to recreate the whole elizabeth taylor limo thing and they have to do it kind of in a weird way with like still photos and they have no money and no resources but they try it's interesting (laughs) i was like (laughs) okay um well i've got something fun for you i don't know if you're familiar with the song warm leatherette no by the normal okay you need whatever music platform, Apple Music, Spotify, <laughs> YouTube, wherever you, you need to look up Warm Leatherette by The Normal. Uh-huh. Okay. Is pioneering synth. Oh, music. okay. Mm-hmm. But the lyrics, the song is inspired by the book Crash. Oh, okay. So the lyrics are all about sex and car crashes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. Okay. I was listening to it earlier today to get in the mood. <laughs> I was thinking of uh, a Deftone song called Passenger. Oh, heard, yeah. Which is not, I don't think I crash, but it's about, I think, sex in a car, basically. It's all like right. about the, the way they describe things, like the buckles and leather seats and all this stuff. Sure. I'm like, okay, this reminds me of Crash, but yeah. There's like um, a whole thing. There's a whole no, thing. The cre- I think The Creatures, another 80s, an 80s band that has a song that's, that's, has take some inspiration from crash from the book because those mm-hmm. all predate the movie the book was very influential like i don't know how many people actually read it but the <laughs> uh, people that did read it they were their into life it. was changed yeah. you know what i mean like yeah <laughs> there was before you went crash and after you read crash <laughs> and, i can see that yeah there was <laughs> and the film is very much also of of a piece in terms of its being provocative provoking thought and a reaction and emotion and there's life it, before you saw crash and there's life after you saw i was gonna crash. say there was my life before crash there was my life after crash never been the same <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the movies i would like i would kind of say like i saw this insane movie where people have sex to car crash it's like you just say it you're like this is the craziest thing i've ever seen like um but it's a much better richer movie than just the yes the you know, the quick synopsis, even though it's very attention grabbing, but it's, it's, it's a lot more than that, but, um, there's, there's so guess, layered, yeah. there's so much more below the surface to this. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. It's good. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I'm was... so glad we got to talk about it. This was so much fun. Um, I will, uh, <laughs> I will go ahead and let you plug all your stuff. You can follow you and all that. Sure. Film Feast listeners can find me on Twitter 
and Letterboxd, same handle for both, at Carmelita Says. Okay, good stuff. I hope everyone's following you by now. They listen to the show. It's like, what are you guys doing <laughs> if you're not? Um, uh, for our stuff, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Film Feast Pod. You can follow me at Netflix87. Uh, and you can follow me and the podcast on Instagram at Film Feast, all one word. Um, and that's it for this time, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs>